106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. If you're part of today's woke revolution, you need to study the part of revolutions where they spin out of control because the revolutionaries get so drunk on their own purifying elixir, they imagine they can reinvent the very nature of human beings. The problem with communism and with some very recent ideologies here at home is that they think you can change reality by screaming at it, that you can bend human nature by holding your breath. But that's the difference between reality and your mommy. Yesterday I asked ChatGPT, are there any similarities between today's woke revolution and Chairman Mao's cultural revolution of the 1960s? And it wrote back, how long do you have? He will never be president. There's not going to be a President Donald Trump. Um, that's not going to happen. And so, right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just want to say... You're not going to be president, all right? I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. Donald Trump will never, ever be president okay. of the United States. I got it. Constitution of the United States. So help me God. So help me God. Congratulations. I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Unlike the fake news and all of you clowns on this witch hunt of a committee, including you, Adam Schiff, I like to call you pencil neck. You're a pencil neck, or I also like to call you watermelon head. You're a watermelon head with a pencil neck, and you're a disgrace. All you talk about is Russia, Russia, Russia. You should be ashamed of yourself. And you, lying Liz Cheney, you know, you look like Miss Piggy. I'm more afraid of your father on a quail hunt than I am of your little subpoena. You look like Miss Piggy. You look more like Miss Piggy than Xi Jinping from China. I know him well. You look more like Miss Piggy than Xi Jinping looks like Winnie the Pooh. And you know that it's banned in China because he looks just like Winnie the Pooh. They could be twins. But I'd like to conclude my testimony with two beautiful words. God bless America and let's go, Brandon. Believe me. Miss, Miss Peters, is the, is the president wrong? Is the pandemic over or not over? Senator, I am not a health professional. I would not be able to make but that But it's part of your job as the director of the bureaus to ensure that our prisons can adapt to pandemic conditions. Um, do you know how many, how many criminals are currently serving their sentence at home who should be in the prison? I, don't, I don't have that number in front of me, Senator. It's, uh, it's over 11,000. That includes 647 gun criminals, bomb makers, and other weapons criminals. 13 murderers. 5,870 drug traffickers. Are you certain that not a single one of those criminals who are serving their sentence at home are currently engaged in criminal activity? Thank you, Senator. I could never make that uh, no. certain determination. I don't, think I... Any, I don't think anyone could. In fact, I, I'm pretty certain that at least one of them is, probably a lot of them. San Francisco, which is unfortunately the poop capital of the world, <laughs> wanted to build a single a single public outdoor toilet. The bid came in at $1.7 million for a toilet, and it would take three years to build. Then a company came along and said, you know what, we're gonna donate. 
and pay for the installation. So donation of the thing itself and installation, oh, there you saved $1.7 million. This is the problem I have with government. The cost, said the, I think, San Francisco Chronicle, isn't the project, it's project management. Yeah. In other words, uh, it would still cost $1.2 even though the thing itself and the installation was free. Why? Construction management, engineering fees, permits, civic design review, surveys, contract preparation, cost estimate. This is the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, actually. That sucks all the money is out of it. Good afternoon. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. This is our episode 203, 203, and it will appear on 2-18-23, February 18, 2023. Thank you for listening. Uh, we're going to be here for, I don't know, we got six 20-minute segments, two to three hours. Uh, dip in where you want or not at all. All's the same to me. Hope you're doing good. Uh, I am uh, just pondering this globe today. Is there some supernatural stuff going on, both in my life, in the life of the church I'm involved in, and internationally? It's just pretty amazing. I feel like I'm a a bit player in a movie, kind of watching things go on and seeing myself on the screen and things going on that are just amazing. So I may touch a few of those things. We have uh, balloons floating over us. We have Chinese in every department of our government. We have Chinese on all the college campuses. We have Chinese owning property uh, around our key military bases. Uh, we have Chinese in our labs, uh, the top labs, uh, both chemical labs and also uh, nuclear-type labs in the United States. They are everywhere, and we've allowed them to be here. We've welcomed them, and uh, it's just an amazing thing. All kinds of espionage is going on. We have the balloon that flew over. Now we have, uh, all of a sudden, we have planes flying around shooting stuff out of the sky. Do you, have you, do you remember that happening very often? Octagonal things. Uh, and they don't, they're not telling us anything about them as if they don't know anything about them. So for, for years, uh, people have been talking about UFOs, UFOs stand for, you know, this, um, unidentified flying objects, right? That what you thought, but there's some other, um, there's, there's kind of a new term that the military has now unidentified aerial phenomena. That's a UAP. That's what the, that's the new term, right? We have a euphemism, a new term, not a UFO. That's old school, a flying object, right? Now we have aerial phenomenon. 
And uh, now we have a term called the AIT, the Aerial International Threat. So a lot of cool stuff going on. And uh, I was just watching L.A. Marzulli, who has spoken here in Sutter County a number of times, and he has studied the Nephilim. The Bible talks about the Nephilim and the interaction of demonic forces or fallen angels with human beings. He's been studying that for over 20 years. If you just reject that totally and you're a Christian, uh, you shouldn't really call yourself a Christian because you don't really read the Bible or believe it. So if you want to stay in touch with this, I just watched a couple of clips from L.A. Marzulli, and you can go to his website at lamarzulli.net. That's M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I, lamarzulli.net. And follow L.A. Marzulli on his take from a biblical point of view, because uh, everything is biblical. Everything, everything, everything. Uh, so uh, I'll leave that right there for the time being and give you some ways to contact me, 530-713-1838. If you want to text me, 713-1838, or you can reach me on the uh, email site, lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com, lou at nohostagesradio.com. So on that site, you'll find our past pod, podcasts and some articles I've written over the years. <clears throat> so we also do a live show on uh, Saturday. This show pops up on every Saturday, but we also do a morning show. It starts in the morning, ends in the afternoon from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Saturday at KMYC, 14, 10 a.m. Most of you are too far away to dip into a local AM station, but you can listen if you're interested. Uh, we do a three-hour show uh, that's with commercials in it at the top of the hour. Um, we do a three-hour show, and you can listen to it wherever you are in the world by going to Live365, the number 365, Live365.com, and then just going, uh, clicking on radio, putting in the call sign KMYC, like K, Marysville, Yuba, City, KMYC, and that'll bring up the live feed. <clears throat> and if the live feed's working and you're from 10 to 1 and it's Saturday, uh, we'll be on. Remember, we're on the left coast, so if you're in a different time zone, <clears throat> please compensate <clears throat> for that. Pardon me, my uh, <clears throat> hacking a little bit. Uh, been about 8, 9, 10 days and I've been working my way through like a little chest cold, and it was kind of funky last week. Pardon me for the inter interaction or interruption or uh, noise that's going on behind the microphone. When you got a cough, you got a cough, and it's just me here, so I can't hand it off to anybody else. Um, but better now, just a little phlegm, probably too much personal information already. So let's see. I think that's all the, the ways to get in touch with me or communicate. So I do respond to people, even if it's, if it's a negative. Don't worry about sending something negative or if you want to correct me on something. I'm, I'm always interested in getting things right. Uh, some people don't think that, but that's, I, do, I'm, I am interested in that. I may have a different perspective than you, but uh, in my perspective... Uh, I want to get things factually correct. I may have a different view on the facts. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, 
I'll mention as we go along some of the people that put, keep me on the air. If you ever, if you're around this area, you want me to promote you or your thing, whatever you do. Uh, <clears throat> I charge a little bit for that just to cover our costs. No one really makes any money on this deal. Uh, everybody's kind of doing it as a love uh, work, and I have some guys that I pay to help me, but they're certainly not well paid. So uh, if you ever want any help on that, just give me a shout. I want to mention first of all. Uh, I've been uh, keeping up with Kevin Kiley, who is our new congressman from up in Northern California here, and he's he's the most active congressman in in, in California. Outspoken, he's a, he's a freshman. He's just been there a little over a month, and he's already speaking on the House floor and and causing some waves. So he brings up that you know we had a um, uh, Assembly Bill Five, AB Five, which was called the Gig Bill. G.I.G., you know, uh, somebody says, you know, you got a full-time job, and then he says, oh, do you have any other work? And some people have side gigs, you know, a gig, and they moonlight or they have side jobs because they need to make a little extra money to make the nut go around at home. So the AB5 were were people that have side gigs. Uh, Maybe they sell things online or they pour concrete on the side, or it's a side gig, right? So what the legislature in California did is they wanted to make all these side gigs uh, taxable. Uh, they wanted you to become an employee of somebody else, like all the Uber drivers, all the Lyft drivers, all the big truckers and all that kind of stuff. They really just mucked up everybody's ability to make a living that people are trying to do extra work on the side part-time. So that was AB5, and it really has been very difficult on many people. Many people have had to <clears throat> quit doing what they were doing. And so uh, now uh, Biden... Uh, President Biden, or bite me, is now looking at AB5 to make it a federal policy and uh, even appears uh, poised to name Newsom's labor secretary as his own secretary of labor, which is just horrible. So anyway, Kylie's bringing us up on that. and uh, But he says, as chair of the Workforce Protection Subcommittee, I have made Stopping Biden's anti-worker agenda, my top priority. You can see my speech on the House floor, uh, previewing the battle ahead. So uh, you could probably go to his website, Kevin Kiley, K-I-L-E-Y, and look at it there. I can't show it to you from here. So he also said, my committee will also be focused on eliminating workplace mandates. Like you got to take a jab or you got to wear a mask or this or that. No worker should be forced to wear a mask or show papers just to do their job. Last week, the full house didn't did did vote to reverse another mandate. Biden's covid vaccine mandate for international travel. So uh, so proud of Kevin Kiley. He was a mover and shaker, uh, outperformed all the the uh, conservative assembly people here in uh Sorry, I'm just looking at my cursor. I'm trying to get my screen to move. He outperformed any of the assembly people here that are conservative, and he's already uh, starting to do that down in uh, or over at the Congress. Someone sent this, said, who, the who, can wage war against the beast? The beast system can create earthquakes with its seismic technology invented by Tesla back in 1890. The beast system controls the weather using HARP, H-A-A-R-P. You can, uh, I'm not going to get into all these details. You can look those up, H-A-A-R-P. 
That's an acronym. Um, the beast system can create and direct hurricanes. When this person writes this, he's he's referring to the beast system as being the uh, antichrist government system of the world. And so you might be thinking, oh, you mean we can control the weather? Yep. Uh, we can cause earthquakes? Yep. And he goes on to say the U.S. and Britain are the two horns of the false prophet of Revelation 13, 13, that, that deceives the whole world with its false uh, signs via technology. So you might think, you, you're kidding. You mean we could create an earthquake? Yep we can. And there's all kinds of technology to do that. Now they're changing the weather. If you've wondered about, uh, these, um, chemtrails back and forth, uh, in the sky, those, you know, if you thought, Oh, those are just jet planes, Southwest air going up and down California or somebody flying from San Francisco over to, uh, Russia or something. Uh, yeah, they have some chemtrails, but these are planes that have been specifically designed. They carry a payload of chemicals, that they're paid in top secrecy. The pilots cannot talk about it. And they fly back and forth and back and forth and back and forth in a pattern, unloading all kinds of chemicals in the atmosphere to have an impact, including all things that are really toxic to us. So those are called chem trails. It's not, it's not a, uh, conspiracy, you know, you know, people just because you, you've never heard of it doesn't mean it's a conspiracy theory. That means you're just not very informed. That's all that means. So everything that you don't never heard about, uh, you know, some kids haven't heard about tying their shoes. That's tying your shoes is not a conspiracy theory. That's just, if all you know is Velcro, tying your shoe isn't a conspiracy theory. You just haven't got to tie. You never had a pair of tie shoes yet. Right. So just hold that thought. Um, so in the interesting, it says, uh, Tesla, the inventor, uh, invented how to rock the world back in 1890. So, uh, I wanted to mention also just cover some topics here fairly quickly. Uh, okay. Um, let me do this first. Randy Mitchell. I, this is a California topic, but it may be affecting your state as well if they were really harsh with their COVID rules. And I know some states, they got really gnarly and tried to arrest people, ran people out of business up in Oregon. I think back in Michigan, a lady went to jail over her pizza parlor. Uh, there's been people that have been, their businesses have been shut down here in in, in the California, their PG&E. They're, they're not not just PG&E, that's, that's one of the utility companies here, but your utilities and water were shut off uh, when they wouldn't shut down. It was, it was like a Nazi operation here during COVID. So um, the reason I bring this up is if you're around California, around Northern California, you may want to come out and picket and support a fellow citizen, Randy Mitchell, and a true patriot and a uh, entrepreneur, Randy Mitchell, Grew up uh, living homeless with his drug addict, mentally ill parents, and uh, ended up in and out of juvenile hall. That's when I met him. And then he ended up in doing some jail time, but never made it over to prison. But he ended up getting himself uh, learning how to cut hair, and he opened up a barbershop. And then he added another barbershop and added another barbershop, and now he's up to five barbershops and beauty salons. Some of them had the combo beauty salon barbershop. And uh, so they're called Uppercut uppercut barbershops 
And Randy Mitchell, during COVID, uh, <clears throat> they came and they told him, you're not essential and you need to close your doors. And so he personally wasn't going to close. But a lot of his uh, barbers, they believed that they were told everybody's going to die. You had to put a mask on. You had to do this and that. They went home. But nobody could get unemployment. Nobody could get PPP loans. Nobody could get all this other stuff. So um, they were running out of money, and they said, Randy, what should we do? He said, well, the barbershop's here. We're, let's just open. We'll just continue to work. So during that first week when they were shut down, they went back to work. And uh, as soon as the uh, local health officer, Dr. Fong Lu, found out about it, they sent the Marisol Police Department over, threatened him with going to jail. Randy Mitchell said, gladly go to jail. Take me over there. They wouldn't take him. They, they were going to fine him $1,000. Then they... The district attorney here would not pursue that, so they dropped the case. However, the Department of Consumer Affairs in California, California licenses, or let me put it a different way. California, more than any other state in the union, demands more businesses, more different occupations, pay for a license before they will allow them to operate in California. In other words, it's kind of like the mafia. The mafia, you pay for protection, like if you're in, a, in an area the mafia operates, and they say, hey, you pay us so much a month or a week, and we will make sure nobody fusses with your business. So you pay for protection. So that's exactly what the state of California does. So one of the many occupations that they demand a license for is uh, cutting hair. So Randy Mitchell had a license, had a license for his his barber shop and then had each of the barbers had licenses. So when Randy Mitchell and his barbers, which were then about 40, he had about four shops. Then now he's or three shops. Now he's up to five. Now they're up to over 60 barbers and cosmetologists. Uh, Randy Mitchell uh, refused to shut down. And so they, they did not have court trial for him. They had a court trial by phone call. They just called him up, had a judge on one line a prosecutor on the other line, Randy on the other line. And they found him guilty after their phone conversation. And uh, they took his license from him. And so that was the end of that. Randy, everybody cut hair the next day and the next day and the next day. Consumer Affairs kept coming back in and harassing them. And Randy asked them politely to leave. He no longer was attached to the state and and was... Uh, sorry... Turn my phone off. So uh, no longer was attached to the state because they took his license from him. He didn't surrender it. They took it from him, all his licenses. And so then, but he kept cutting hair because he said, I'm an American and I have rights under the um, the uh, Constitution to earn a living. I do not have to ask anybody to cut hair. So uh, the, the Consumer Affairs kept harassing them, taking, in fact, they're still taking videos and uh, I'm looking for my chance to catch him there because I'm going to have a citizen's arrest and I'm going to arrest consumer affairs from harassing people uh, trying to go and take their kids in to get their hair cut. And some of them may be pedophiles and wanting to take pictures of these ch children. So I'm putting consumer affairs on notice that if I catch them in Yuba Sutter area, I'm going to do a citizen's arrest and uh, run them out of town. And uh, we have more power than we want to think we do, but we do have more power than that. So anyway, uh, Randy Mitchell had to go to court here a couple weeks ago in Placer County, Yuba and Sutter, where he has businesses. He has Marisol, Yuba City, Chico, Roseville, Wheatland. So Yuba, Sutter, and Chico didn't bother with him anymore. But Placer County is throwing down, and basically they're trying to put him in jail for cutting hair. So he has a court date coming up on March 23 
at one o'clock in the afternoon in Placer County at the courthouse, Department 30. Um, the, it's at 10820 Justice Center Drive. 10820 Justice Center Drive. Now, maybe that's what they call the courthouse. Maybe they call it the Placer County Justice Center. I call it the courthouse. It's in Roseville, California. So I'm calling for all patriots, all activists, anybody that believes you should be able to earn a living without being harassed by the government uh, to come out and to be there about 1230 for a one o'clock p.m., 1 p.m., March 23rd at the Placer County Justice Center or courthouse at 10820 Justice Center Drive, Department 30, Roseville and make some picket signs. He is being persecuted because uh, he doesn't have a license. And his argument is, I had a license, but because I wanted to work, because I didn't have any way to support my family and didn't do any harm to anybody, you took my license. I had a license. I paid for the license. I worked for the license. You took all of our licenses. Now you're saying, I can't work anymore because you took my license. So if you want to just give me my license back, I'll go on about my way. Otherwise, I'm going to go on about my way anyway. And I don't really, I, I started a private membership association, and so I really don't need all that anymore. I'm going to be right back and uh, for our second segment in just a second. This right here is held, or as some people refer to it, the 2023 Grammy Awards. This was where Sam Smith performed the main event, complete with brimstone, fire, cages, demons, blood, red lights throughout the whole auditorium, and of course, the devil himself. Now, I want to highlight that this performance wasn't an accident. It would have taken at least six months of preparation to set up, between planning, logistics, rehearsals, and everything else. It also would have needed to get approval from the top brass of the Recording Academy, as well as official sign-offs from all the different producers. Meaning, at a time when half the country is criticizing Hollywood for turning demonic, the producers of the Grammys made a calculated decision to allow something like this to go through. And the absolute best part is that if you stick around to the end of the performance, you learn that the entire thing was actually sponsored by Pfizer. Do you think this is just some ironic message that the so-called artists are making, Or is there something else, something more sinister? Lauren Southern is an author and a filmmaker, and some of her views are considered offensive by the neoliberals in charge of everything. For example, she thinks unrestricted illegal immigration, probably not that good for your country. And because of that, big tech has decided to make it impossible for her to live in the West. Airbnb has refused to allow her to stay in any of its properties without explaining why. By the way, if you have a felony record, you could probably stay at an Airbnb. But now Airbnb has decided to take a close look at Lauren Southern's family. Because her parents are related to her by blood, the genetics are incriminating, and her parents are no longer allowed to stay at Airbnb, a common practice in North Korea. So we reached out to Airbnb and its head of public policy, former Obama official Jay Carney, and Airbnb claimed this was just a mistake. But of course, it wasn't a mistake because they explained that they were doing it because these people are close to Lauren Southern in their email. This is the company, by the way, that banned January 6th defendants. Lauren Southern remains banned by Airbnb. She joins us tonight. Lauren, thanks so much for coming on. Um, 
So, I mean, what kind of world is it where not just the thought criminal, but the thought criminal's family is banned from spending the night? What is that? There's definitely been a Pandora's box opened in the culture war. I think progressives have realized with the laws we have in place defending civil liberties, they can't quite bring a social credit system in yet, so they've found a way to circumvent it through the corporate class. They can right. just impose a social credit system on us using big tech. Do you think your parents will be allowed to buy food or receive medical care since you're against illegal immigration? In the next few years, who knows, honestly, this is escalating at such a rate I never could have expected. Of course, Airbnb have reversed their decision for now, uh, claiming they are very sorry, but I think we both know the only thing they're sorry for is bad PR and that they were trending on Twitter last night. Well, I mean, and they admitted it. In, in their communication to your parents, they said your connection to Lauren Southern makes you ineligible. So I wonder if you were like a convicted armed robber would they do this to your parents? Of course, they would well, not even consider it, right? They, they don't even treat the families of Epstein and Maxwell like this, right? right? And what was funny is when they reversed the decision, they claimed in an email to my parents that they had reviewed their appeal. My parents never appealed the decision. So they're attempting to create this phony narrative that it was all a mistake. How do you mistakenly track down an activist's family, mistakenly send them a specific email saying it is because of their relation to me? It makes no sense. They're trying to cover up something nefarious here. And the only reason they aren't continuing to do this to me is because I have a platform and they're testing the waters. If they got away with it this time, they would have kept going. But they miscalculated how woke their market is. This shouldn't surprise us. These are the same people who, who attack entire groups of people on the basis of their genetics. Some groups are innocent, some are guilty. I mean, it's, it's, it's classic Nazi race science. You're implicated by your blood. I mean, that's what Airbnb is saying. Essentially, yes. And I, I got to say, one of the most disappointing things for me is that it has gotten to this point that yeah. we've spent so many years having Republicans defend cronyism by pretending it is capitalism. And then our failsafe, which was supposed to be progressives who are supposed to question the big corporations when they are discriminatory, specifically on blood and genetics. Uh, they're like an ADHD dog that just got distracted by a bone with a pride flag on it and placated entirely. So we're left with just activists on Twitter. Thank goodness your show. You're really holding down the fort for conservatives who want to have their freedoms. But it's, it's just a real shame. Well, yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's not hard. You, you shouldn't punish people's parents for thought crimes. I mean, it, it's like, it, yeah, that, that seems an easy one. Lauren Southern, great to see you tonight. Thank you. We're back. 
And I want to thank Little Billy's Excavator and Backhouse Service. That's Israel Garcia, a patriot and a Marine who uh, runs an excavator backhoe service here out of Yuba County. But he works all over Northern California. So if you want him, if you need an excavator backhoe service, he does not have a big union. You don't have to pay all these extra costs. He's just him, and he operates his, he got his own small operation. But he knows what he's doing. He'll do it for you reasonably at 530-300-6010. The phone number is 300-6010 with a 530 area code. You can text or call him. Give him a shout. Also, uh, uh, Will Fanning, Josh James, Lupe, and Jose uh, are working at All Power Services. They started that business a few years ago. They're almost uh, getting ready to move to larger facilities, but... They have been and are still at 1469 Stewart Road, Yuba City. All power services, you can reach them by text or phone at 530-844-0347. Now, these guys are the answer to everyone's doldrums and painful thoughts. When they break something that is a really handy thing to them, whether it's a fun thing out on the river, like was a jet ski or a or something in the snow that's got a motor attached to it, or any any of your equipment that's got motors attached to it, rototillers, mowers, um, weed eaters, chainsaws, all the small handy stuff, and then on up to the big stuff like a tractor trailer rig, a belly dump, all the big trucks. Uh, they'll do fleet maintenance. All They just fix all kinds of stuff. These guys are the, the modern-day MacIvers. So if you need them, you can dial them or text them at 530-844-0347. All power services are located at 1469 Stewart Road, Yuba City. That's just west off Highway 99, which is just south of Yuba City. Easy peasy to get to. So I was talking about Randy Mitchell. Randy Mitchell is being persecuted. He represents millions of small business people that have been jerked around by this fraudulent criminal government now don't act like oh he broke the law there was no law there is no law that the government can come in and shut you down arbitrarily the constitution says that they want to shut you down or temporarily hinder your business they have to give you due process of law and they also have to compensate you for ending your business this government did nothing they acted like this was an extreme emergency. It was a lie. It was a fraud. Fauci now is admitting he lied. Deborah Burks, his partner, admitted she lied. They're all admitting they lied. And so they have this poor guy, Randy Mitchell, who was not whining and, and not, not uh, he isn't in the doldrums. He's just saying, you guys are criminal. I am the one who's correct. I'm an American, and all I was doing is... I was providing a service to my customers, making them look pretty. And in turn for that, they were giving me some dollars. Okay. And for that, you have me in court threatening me and trying to shut me down. So what Randy did is set up a private membership association, a PMA. It's like a club, like an Elks club, like a Moose Lodge, like any kind of club where you can like uh, join that for minimal cost and then just go in and get your haircut like normal pay the barber and you do that uh, eliminates you under any special regulations with the government. So that's what he has now. So if, if you want to come, please come and just spend a couple hours during this court case. We're standing up, not just for Randy, we're standing up for ourselves 
In fact, Randy was telling the court at the last hearing he was standing up for them because when this communism continues, it's going to take their spot as well. So if you can come there, please do please do so. And uh, March 23rd, 1 p.m., Placer County Courthouse, Department 30, 10820 Justice Center Drive, uh, Roseville, California. I'll get an email, and we'll be able to also email them if you can't come, if you're out of state. I know some of my friends in other states know Randy. And listen, we'll get a writing campaign by the time I get back on the radio on Saturday morning, uh, which will be a, a live show. But I'll keep repeating this. And let's bombard that courthouse, whether you can do it by text, email, uh, phone calls, complaints, saying this is tyranny. It's a miscarriage of justice. Okay. All right. So uh, <clears throat> let me move on down. Okay. I want to... Uh, where is my okay i wanted to there's a guy that i've never met face to face but i've met on the phone and he was a main player with uh hold on just a second okay a main player with vets with a mission vets with a mission was the, one of the first humanitarian groups that went back into vietnam after uh, we left there in 1975. They went back in in about 1987 to take vets who wanted to go back and and make amends with some of the damage that was done. And uh, so my friend Bill Kimball created that organization, and they started going in there and building health clinics in uh, the rural areas. Okay, sorry, I'm just uh, I'm scrolling down here while I'm talking, and I want to get to my friend Rogers. He wrote an article that is that popped up, and I thought, okay, okay, okay. So here we go. So Roger uh, Hell H E L L E, maybe he pronounced it Helly, but uh, he uh, is a decorated Vietnam vet. And he was a guy named Chuck Ward uh, was running uh, and, a, and a board of directors was running uh, Vets with a Mission. And uh, they just shut the operation down after being uh, in business since 1987, uh, not because they lost heart or didn't care about it anymore or weren't faithful to it anymore or they screwed it up. Uh, the Vietnam, Vietnamese government said uh, they would not give them a license to operate in the country anymore for some reason. So anyway, they built lots of health clinics in, in rural Vietnam where there is no health care. There is none. Let me put it that way. There is none. You just get it in the big cities. You just you just get sick and die. So anyway, um, but anyway, I talked to Roger Helly uh, or emailed with him. I talked to Chuck Ward um, and after I'd read this article and I said, Oh, I didn't know Roger Helly was a, or hell was a, a writer. And, uh, so in his, his, uh, come on cursor. Where are you? So anyway, he wrote this article called silencing the lamb. And, uh, he says, what has amazed me in recent years is how so many Americans don't seem to see the enemies of freedom standing right at the door. For decades now, many people have been on a diet of media bias 
and outright propaganda. Some attribute this quote to Mark Twain. I don't know where this quote was, but it's a great one. He said, if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you read the newspapers, you're misinformed. He says, regardless of who said it, it's a fact. When so many people are misinformed, it's hard to make informed decisions. An example would have been the number of people who would not have voted for Joe Biden if they'd been properly informed with the story of the Hunter Biden laptop from hell. He said, let me share something I'm afraid will be happening here in America really soon, sooner than you think. It's happening in Europe right now and will eventually land on our shores. In Great Britain recently, two incidents leaped out at me. Last year in England, two pro-life individuals were arrested, but it's what they were arrested for that shocked me. The first was an old woman who was a leader in the pro-life movement. She was arrested for silently praying. I want you to think about this. You're standing on a curb. You're silently praying. That means you're not talking. And she was in front of an abortion clinic which was actually closed at the time. So you have a woman who's saying nothing, standing in front of an abortion clinic that was closed at the time. A month earlier, a British she was arrested for that. A, a British Army veteran was arrested for the same thing, silently praying near an abortion clinic. Arrested. Both of these individuals were interrogated by the police as to what they were there silently praying for. Both were arrested for the presumed crime of praying against abortion. The first offender was accused of violating England's public space protection order. This establishes a buffer zone around abortion clinics to prohibit audible prayer and prohibit expressing opinions about or influencing abortion clinic activities. You think that might not happen here? Ah, it already has, he said. Biden's weaponized Justice Department and the FBI have already made raids on homes of pro-life leaders here in America. They show they, the FBI shows up armed at the homes of people who have done nothing wrong and they take them into custody and they frog march them. That's after they handcuff them and tie their legs. Uh, they frog march them out of their homes in front of their neighbors. In one case, a family with seven kids had agents enter the home with weapons drawn and pointed at the parents, terrorizing the kids. The phony charge was thrown at this man the charges thrown at this man have already been dismissed. Other cases are pending. The goal, put the fear of God, government abuse into everyone who would dare voice an opinion different than the one approved by the corrupt administration. Now, this is being written by a faithful man who served his country uh, with distinction in Vietnam. He says, get ready. The freight train of corruption and violation of free speech may be coming to a neighborhood near you. That's Roger Hell, H-E-L-L-E. You can Google him, read all about him on the Internet and, and uh, <clears throat> the uh, dec decorations he got from his extraordinary service uh, for our country and against communism in, in Vietnam. And um, this is an article by Tom Woods. Um, we have a health officer here in Yuba Sutter County. We have one officer for two counties. There's 58 counties, so uh, it's by law every, unfortunately, it's by law that every county has a health officer, a county health officer represented. So our, our health officer, um, I don't know whether she's mentally ill, she's stupid, 
Uh, she actually has a medical degree, but has never taken care of a patient. She has a medical degree, more of an administrative type medical degree. She's either mentally ill or she's incredibly stupid or she's just simply a bureaucratic Nazi. So she insisted that everybody wear masks, that children stay home from school, that people get the jab, even while we knew that the jab was killing people, giving them myocarditis, giving them blood clots, giving them tremors, giving them Bell's palsy, giving them Guy's bar syndrome. And so this is now we're having article after article after article after article after article that maskers were crap. We already knew that, right? <clears throat> if you cannot see the virus, it's microscopic. Then a particle mask is never going to stop it. And if you have a mask that is so tight that a virus could not get through the holes in the fabric, then you could not breathe. Listen, people, are you, have you given up thinking? Do you just lay, let the county health officer think for you? That's a very dangerous thing to do. It could lead to your demise. So Tom Woods said, I'll bet you're like me. You see someone wearing a mask in 2023 and you wonder, what on earth is that person thinking? <clears throat> He says, all you have to do is look around the world. There's no connection between masking and any health outcome at all. Somebody said to me the other day, oh, I'm not wearing it for COVID, but it helps with the flu. I thought, you're as stupid, you're as stupid as that post you're leaning against. If masking were really so important, we should be able to tell based on each country's charts, roughly where universal masking came into effect. And yet, as I showed for Europe in my COVID quiz in 2021, <clears throat> the various charts are completely random and it is impossible in any one of them to detect at what point the introduction of mask mandates occurred and helped anybody. So <clears throat> there's a place called the Cochrane Library and it describes itself as a collection of databases in medicine and other healthcare specialties provided by Cochrane and other organizations. At its core is a collection of the Cochrane reviews. So they do reviews on all kinds of treatments, and they did a review on all. I don't know what's the matter with my doggone cursor. It disappears. I need to put color on that thing or something. So the Cochrane Library is highly respective. It's not left wing or right wing. It's just it's just uh, research. So. Uh, they came out with some serious research me methods saying that masks were foolish. They were stupid. And the crazies, the liberal crazies, are hysterical about it, but they can't refute it. So Vinay Prasad, <clears throat> it's interesting, Prasad is a good name because I had a man, uh, Dr. Prasad, here locally. Or actually, his first name was Prasad, Prasad Amin, A-M-I-N, who did new lenses in my eyes. And uh, But Vinay Prasad, a, a political liberal uh, who has been honest during COVID, puts it like this. It is irrational, irrational, not rational, negative rational, not rational, irrational, to mask up. But I'll bet our, our health officer is still walking into the, uh, the court of uh, the... Uh, the supervisor's meeting with a mask. It wouldn't surprise me. She's an idiot. And we pay her $330,000, I think, to be that way. The big summary, with 276,000 particip participants, 
they found masking does nothing for you. In fact, my claim, and I think some parents found out that masks actually can make you sick. They cut off enough of your oxygen or actual germs begin to collect in the mask. Just like if you wear the same clothes all the time, germs collect in your clothing. They get soiled. You ever heard the term getting soiled? Masks get soiled. And when they studied the masks after kids wore them for a few days, they found that they were funky soiled and they were different type of soiling and infected than their T-shirts. You think, oh, the kids' T-shirts were funky and their underwear were funky. So let's check all of them. They did everything. The masks were worse because you're sucking. You're sucking and it's humid and it's you're spitting and it's just gnarly up there around your mouth and nose. Tom Wood said no reduction in influenza-like or COVID-like illnesses and no reduction in the confirmed flu or COVID by putting on a mask. He said it's stone cold negative people. Please, maybe if you you wanted to like look like a nurse and you thought, oh, I'm going to look really important. Maybe they'll think I'm an EMT or a paramedic. So I'm just going to leave my mask on and you think you'd be cool. It's cool. I know people that are uh, meth, meth addicts that think they're Jesus, too, but they ain't. Uh, okay. And he said, this includes the Ballyhooed N95 mask as well. I'm so familiar with N95 masks because I used to work in the painting contracting business, and we always had N95 masks in our vans. You know, we tried to stop droplets that you could see. You know, when you spray a spray gun that's under, a, you know, powered an airless spray gun or a compressor spray gun, when you pull the trigger, you can see the spray droplets come out of the, those are thousand times bigger than, than a germ or bacteria. Those droplets aren't even all stopped by an N95 mask. It stops a lot of them. So we wear them. But even the last time I wore one on a paint project, I still had paint snuck in around the edges and was inside my nose around the nose. I could see it because we were spraying, spraying an amazing color called Aqualoo uh, based on my name. And uh, we were spraying a steel on a skate park. Very beautiful. Changed the whole look of the campus. But it got around that uh, N95 mask and right up my nose. So, uh, all right here, let me, I'm just going to move my cursor down a little bit. He says, uh, everybody, Tom Wood said, everybody in the medical establishment knew masking didn't do a thing. He's quoting Prasad. Prasad says, there was a reason why Tony Fauci went out initially and said it didn't work. There was a reason why the CDC said not to do it, not to mask, and the WHO said not to do it, not to mask. And between March 1 and April 50 of 2020, there ain't no new evidence that was get generated of any plausibility. Both, but two things happened. There was a conceived, <clears throat> there was a concerted movement by activists who don't, no evidence-based medicine to hashtag wear a mask, wear a class cloth mask. And it went all over TikTok. Why? Because they were all freaked out and scared. 
They were in their house hiding out. They're scared. They don't know what to do. They just grasp at anything. They'll, and so they all followed what their primitive ancestors would have done, like slaughter a chicken or done a rain dance. So they put on a little diaper around their face. I'll be right back. We got the documents from Sleepy Joe's Think Tank, the classified documents. We got them, and we found a picture of Corn Pop's mugshot. Believe it or not, he was a bad dude. He was a bad dude. Sleepy Joe was right. We got a picture of Sleepy Joe's hairy legs. That one should stay classified. Believe me, lock that one away forever. Nobody wants to see that. We got 10% of all of Hunter Biden's business deals in the classified documents. 10% for the big guy. It's true. And we got an elementary school yearbook, elementary school. He called it the Scratch and Sniff. Sleepy Joe is a sick puppy. He's really a sick guy, and he needs to be impeached and removed immediately. Believe me. November 18th, 2021, an FBI whistleblower discloses to Republicans on the House Judiciary that the FBI created a threat tag for parents voicing their concerns at school board meetings. April 26, 2022, another FBI whistleblower discloses that the FBI employees are being run out of the Bureau for attending conservative political events. May 11, 2022, another FBI whistleblower discloses that dozens of parents with the threat tag designation to their name are investigated by the FBI. This also happens to be the same whistleblower who said the FBI leadership not the rank-and-file members, the FBI leadership is rotted at its core. His clearance has been revoked, and he's been suspended. June 7, 2022, another FBI whistleblower is retaliated against after giving feedback on an anonymous survey. July 27, 2022, another FBI whistleblower discloses that agents are pressured to reclassify cases as domestic violent extremism cases to hit self-created performance metrics. September 14th, 2022, an FBI whistleblower discloses that the FBI views the Betsy Ross flag as a terrorist symbol. September 19th, 2022, another FBI whistleblower discloses that the Washington field office is del deliberately manipulating January 6th case files to make it appear that domestic violence extremism is on the rise. He's been suspended. November 8th, excuse me, November 4th, 2022, another FBI whistleblower discloses the FBI accepts private user information from Facebook without the user's consent, and information is from only the conservative side of the political spectrum. This is only a sampling. In my time in Congress, I have never seen anything like this. Dozens and dozens of whistleblowers, FBI agents coming to us talking about what's going on, the political nature at the Justice Department. Not Jim Jordan saying this, not Republicans, not conservatives, good, brave FBI agents who are willing to come forward and give us the truth. And this is just the FBI. Americans have concerns about the double standard at the Department of Justice, 
Americans have concerns about the disinformation governance board that the Department of Homeland Security tried to form. Americans have concerns about the ATF and what they're doing to the Second Amendment. And of course, they have concerns about the IRS and the thousands of new agents who are coming to that organization. And finally, there are concerns about what we've learned in the Twitter files, where big government, big tech colluded to shape and mold the narrative and to suppress information and censor Americans. Over the course of our work in this committee, we expect to hear from government officials and experts like we have here today. We expect to hear from Americans who've been targeted by their government. We expect to hear from people in the media. And we expect to hear from the FBI agents who have come forward as whistleblowers. We think many of them will sit for transcribed interviews as one did on Tuesday. And we believe several of them will come and testify in open hearings. And finally, we expect to bring forward legislation that will help protect the American people. We hope our Democrat colleagues will work with us. The day the resolution creating this select committee was debated and passed though, Mr. Jeffries, Mr. Nadler said Democrats would quote, fight us tooth and nail. We hope that attitude changes. We wanna work with them. Protecting the First Amendment shouldn't be partisan. Protecting the Constitution shouldn't be partisan and protecting the fundamental principle of equal treatment under the law should not be partisan. We're back. So they put on, they could have, they could have slaughtered a chicken. They could have done a rain dance, but they put a little cloth diaper around their face and they saw that Donald Trump didn't do it. So they thought, Oh, Trump's stupid. So they'll just do the opposite. That means they're going to put a mask on because Trump is always doing the stupid thing. According to them, <coughs> that's how truly juvenile the universal masking movement was actually that's the wrong word. It's actually a sinister movement. And all these stupid people and stupid corporations like Southwest Airlines and all these other people, we're not going to serve you if you don't put a mask on. Why don't they tell you what you need to take? You need to put on a condom or you need to take the, uh, what do they call it? Birth control pills. If you can't go on our plane, if you're a female, unless you take a birth control pill, isn't it stupid? But that's how stupid the United States has become. Woods says, as with social distancing, you were accused of essentially being a murderer if you didn't go along with stupidity. It didn't matter that a, that a scatter plot of places in the U.S. showed no connection between COVID restrictions and health, health outcomes, like up there in uh, Florida or up there in South Dakota. This was never about science or evidence. It was a sinister confluence of some people's irrational fear with other people's desire to control to shame and to isolate people. That's why we flipped them the bird with both hands. Screw you people. You're nutso. And we're not going to comply. Just come on over and shoot us if you want to. So now they have articles saying that t Anthony Fauci, the most prolific serial killer of all time, uh, is now admitting that he lied. We not only have Deborah Burke saying she lied and told Trump just misinformation, just made stuff up, because she's a doctor, Trump trusted her for a while. 
and Anthony Fauci just made stuff up. Oh, wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Oh, wear a mask. Oh, wear two masks. Oh, I think you shouldn't have Christmas together. Remember this with your relatives. Don't visit grandma. All baloney. Nothing. No science. You know, the whole term science, 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 science. There was no science. It was all just BS. It's like woke. It's all BS. Uh, So anyway, I don't want to go over this whole thing a couple times. It's just more information. In fact, oh, baby, let me get down here. Let me see if I can jump down and find. Okay, we're at. I, okay. Let me see if I can find. I got, I got a lot of stuff on this computer today, and it's hard to scroll down and, and find these. I want to talk about ivermectin because you, there's a lot of you people out here that were so rude, completely rude about uh, in ivermectin. Let me see where. Okay, I'm almost there. I'm going to tell you about ivermectin. It was the doctors that sorted ivermectin out and started giving it were. That's what our doctors normally do is they come up with these amazing uh, solutions to some bug. They'll come. Oh, this is what's working. And they're all communicating with each other. And. Uh, they come up with a solution. So what they came up with right away was ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And our health officer, the idiot she is, <clears throat> came on and told him that not only are they ineffective, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, but they actually will hurt your, your body and cause you to be sick. That's what she said. Total malpractice. But it isn't interesting how government gives its, its employees immunity. So sickening. It's so evil. And so sinister. So uh, this article talks about this is an amazing in such a a fantastic article and a credit to to parts of American medical science. When I say medical science, I am not referring to big pharma. Those people are killers. They're killing as many people as they can. They know they're killing them and they just keep pushing the jab. This says gold standard randomized controlled trial proves that ivermectin works against COVID. So anyway, it tells about how it works against them and it tells all the statistics and all that kind of stuff. So it says after taking ivermectin for 28 days, 75% of the participants who were given ivermectin as opposed to a placebo <clears throat> did not ever get the COVID infection, even though it was around. They conclude that ivermectin is one of the safest and most effective drugs to ever exist on the earth. Did you hear what I said? To ever exist. That means to ever exist as far back as we can see. Well, you say, well, Lou, ivermectin wasn't always existing. That's true. A Japanese man (coughs) developed ivermectin. And for you... Uh, ivermectin paste people or horse paste you called it do you realize that ivermectin was wasn't designed to treat animals it was designed to treat humans and created the first big big breakthrough was it solved an eye disease later on it was developed and used to treat animals as well and and so is a it's a main uh, solution to problems and you can buy it without a prescription for your animals you with me? So 
In, in 2017, the Journal of Antibiotics called ivermectin one of the safest and most effective drugs to ever be developed on the whole earth. It says ivermectin is a safe and effective remedy for many diseases. It turns out, which is why the government does not want you to have access to it. Now, ivermectin is very cheap. Hydroxychloroquine is very cheap. The pharmaceutical industry doesn't want you to take a pill. They want you to take a shot. They get much more money. The money was in the jab. The money is not in ivermectin. They don't want the simple cheap solution. They don't want somebody to come up with a solution like, well, just eat a lot of grapefruit, right? Grapefruit's cheap compared to this medicines. <coughs> Ivermectin, contrary to what our, our local health officer says, is a Nobel Prize winning drug for which the Journal of Antibiotics wrote, and I mentioned what they wrote. It says, uh, few Oh, this is a different few of any other drugs in the history of mankind can rival ivermectin for its beneficial impact impact on human health and welfare before it was ever used on animals. Ivermectin was developed and approved for human use. It is not just horse paste as the U S this is how despicable and criminal and fraudulent and sinister these people like Dr. Lou and Anthony Fauci and the rest of them are. The U.S. food, you should never, ever believe a word that U.S. Food and Drug Administration, FDA, says again on what the food pyramid is, on whether coffee's good or bad for you. Figure it out yourself through alternative means. There's lots of good research out there. These people are liars. They're paid off by the, even the food pyramid has been proved to be totally bought out. They've been paid to say that by the food people. Excuse me, I need to take a drink of tea. The Food and Drug Administration claimed in August 21, 2021, made fun of horse paste and local people, local journalists should have their, their writing ability taken away from them. They shouldn't be able to lie like that. They're so stupid. Honestly, people, there's no substitute for doing your own research. You cannot just, I, I, I don't even want you to believe what I say. Double check it. Go ahead and check it. My friends, know that I don't BS around. They know what I'm saying is the truth. I checked it out. <coughs> if you knew enough about the FDA, if you researched it, you would know that the FDA itself approved ivermectin for human use in the mid-1990s, but later tried to pretend that the drug is just for livestock. Do not be fooled by FDA lies. Do not be fooled by our local health officer who's a shill for the FDA and the rest of these people and for the people that uh, want to eliminate the population. This gal, our local gal, should be tried for murder, just like Fauci, just like Burks, just like uh, Ralph Barrick at Chapel Hill, North Carolina, just like Jamie Farrar with the Welcome Institute and in, in, uh, just like Francis Collins with the NH, NIH. The latest news about ivermectin and other suppressed remedies 
Uh, if you want to look up a website and follow thing, it's a website called cures.news. Cures.news. Just use that website, and they got all kinds of stuff by Ivermectin. Ivermectin, we have a health officer that went on YouTube and told people it's bad for you. These things are bad for you. <coughs> there are other, there are even, if you can't find Ivermectin or, or you don't want to spend, you know, they jack the prices up in the pharmacies for it. But you can even get Wormwood, which uh, Dr. Artis, Dr. Brian Artis, A-R-D-I-S, said, if you can't get uh, ivermectin, use Wormwood. And if you can't get hydroxychloroquine, uh, use quercetin, Q-U-E-R-C-I-T-I-N. I think that's how you spell it, quercetin. I have some. I take it here at home. I bought it when I, I'd never heard of it. And... Uh, Quercetin can take the place. And, and the other thing is, do you know that in the skins of citrus and particularly lemon, <coughs> there, are, there are same residuals of uh, or elements like in hydroxychloroquine. So I started mashing up a lemon and uh, making a mash out of it, taking the whole lemon and chopping it up and grinding it up. And uh, I just take a couple teaspoons a day of lemon. It's a whole lemon. And it's just like in a mash, a paste. It's lemon paste I make out of a lemon and the lemon rind and uh, take it every day, uh, right at the beginning of the day in, a, in a, uh, a, some warm lemon water. It's awesome, just totally awesome. And so uh, we were lied to. You were lied to by the best and the brightest in our government institutions. And it was the people... The great doctors that we have in some of our universities, like at Stanford and MIT and Harvard, and uh, Dr. Zelenko, who has now died, uh, and and local doctors like Dr. Hart and Dr. Cassidy that were giving out ivermectin and saving people's lives and causing them to stop COVID. If they would have, and the other thing that could have been used was bedesonide uh, that a doctor, uh, Dr. Barrett, down in, uh, I think he's in Irvine, Texas. He used to be the one of the top doctors down in Texas and, and uh, was on a government medical council for uh, Steve Perry. It was, a, is it Steve Perry? Is that the governor, governor Perry? Um, anyway, uh, he came up with using bedesonide and he said, even with people with cancer that got COVID, he would stop turning around in 25 hours with a bedesonide inhaler. I'm telling you, people, we got ripped off. We got lied to. There is no other explanation. We got jammed up. We got a bean jammed up, jammed up our brain. And 99% of the people bought into it. All kinds of people I know now that took the jab are suffering from it. They got all kinds of deal. In fact, even uh, Congressman Mace, Nancy Mace, M-A-C-E, out of Southern North Carolina, admitted in a House subcommittee hearing when they were uh, grilling Twitter people that were fired <clears throat> she said she now has uh, constant asthma never had it in her life as soon as she took the second jab she has tremors in her right arm and she has her heart aches and with no explanation and she said i think i'm i'm stuck with this for the rest of my life she said i, I absolutely regret i ever took the jab and she said if i would have known the evidence coming out of mit coming out of stanford coming out of Harvard from epidemiologists, I would have never taken it. But Twitter and all these other people and people like Fong Lu uh, censored that material and gave us crap, bullshit, 
They they dished bullshit on us every day, every day, every day. And then they run around and say, oh, they're a doctor. Don't claim to be a doctor. You're not even a good shaman. Not even a good shaman. A shaman would have got you out of the pit, uh, out of the, uh, the tight spot. She is no doctor and she, she isn't even a good shaman. This is embarrassingly bad. People should be uh, arresting these people. Anyway, uh, that's what's going on with ivermectin. I'm, I'm thrilled. It's such an, in fact, one of these days I, I, I found a video, uh, that told the story of the discovery and development of ivermectin. And uh, I don't know whether they've taken it off YouTube, but uh, I'll, I'm going to look it up again. And s- it may be too long to play on, on here, but I can give it out where you could watch it at home. And it, it will, you will feel a, a debt of gratitude to people that are true researchers and to, true science scientists and that aren't bought off by the pharmacy companies. The pharmacy companies will sacrifice your life and instead make money. They would rather make money <clears throat> than preserve your life. That's just where we are in this country right now. I'm just going to tell you how it is. I am not going to cut cut any crap with these people. They're liars. They're cheats. And that includes local local government. Uh, they, they do not want to be held accountable for their actions. That's just the way it is. All right, I'm going to go here. we got a couple minutes left here before the we come to the halfway point. I want to come up here and, and uh, give a shout-out to some of the uh, folks that are helping us be here, and that's Alan's Auto Body. If you your car gets out from under you and gets in a fight and you need to get it repaired, take it over to Alan's Auto Body. Uh, you can reach them at 530-671-1057. Alan's Auto Body at Tea Garden at Sutter Street, right on the corner in Yuba City. You can't miss it when you get close. It's a big, bright yellow building. And uh, you don't even need to look at the address. So just pull, I say Tea Garden and Sutter, just pull in there. And uh, also, uh, if you need any uh, medical work done, you need a doctor, a good doctor. Dr. Joe Cassidy is that guy. And also, he's one of the few doctors in the area that really uh, is concerned, specializes, and cares about addicts of any sort drug alcohol tobacco whatever and he will help you get free god intends you to be free and uh even people don't serve god like to be free and free not just free from jail but free from anything that controls you peach tree health is where dr cassidy works he doesn't own the place he just works there he used to be our health officer in yuba county for over 25 years so he seen it he's seen everything Peachtree Health, you can reach them at 530-749-3242. But Dr. Cassidy and I want to make it really easy for addicts to get in. So if you have any problem making an appointment with him, uh, just dial up his number, and you can leave a, a voice, uh, not a voicemail, but a uh, tech, text his number and leave a text and just say your name, addiction, need help with addiction, and your phone number, okay? So I'm going to give you his number, and then I'm going to give you my number that you can just call me should you just get so frustrated, because I know you're not feeling well if you're trying to get off and you're trying to go through withdrawals and and quit. So here's Dr. Cassidy's number, 530-682-8648, 682-8648. My number is 530 713 
1838. You can call me seven days a week, around the clock, 24 hours a day, or you can text me. Uh, but I'll, I'll talk to you, no problem, and uh, I'll help you get connected with Cassidy and the rest of them, okay? Easy peasy. We can do this, okay? So <clears throat> let me cover some other things. California, employment development. There isn't an agency in California that's been run well, not one agency. If you, you work for the state of California, tell me about it. You, you have my phone number. You have my email. You tell me what agency is running well, and I'll give you a shout-out. On the, rate, on the radio, and I'll give you a shout-out on my podcast. But every agency that I can find, they're either stealing from it or they're, they're fraudulent activity or something, something, something. So California EDD, that's the Employment Development Department, they got all screwed up during COVID, and they started giving out money without checking people's backgrounds. And so they were giving out money to people that claimed they were Diane Feinstein. Do you know who Diane Feinstein is? She's she's one of two United States senators with the state of California. There's there's a hundred senators nationwide. Diane Feinstein's one of the oldest. In fact, she may have just said she's going to resign. She's mentally not mentally competent anymore. But they, people were collecting money in Diane Feinstein's name. People in prison on death row were collecting unemployment checks. Billions, not millions, billions of dollars. Some people said 20. Some people said 30. Now it's up to $40 billion. Now, the unemployment insurance system <clears throat> is funded by employers, and they have to send in a certain amount of money in case one of their people gets laid off and then they have to go get unemployment. They need unemployment. So the employers actually pay for the unemployment funds that are hanging around the state. And so they keep track of how many, like if I had employees and it, just the business was called lose place. If lose place had employees, I would have money set aside for them in case they need to file for unemployment. I got to take a break and, and we'll start the second half. Be right back. a large corporation, big tech, to censor Americans. And you want to know something? Guess what? I'm so glad that you're censored down. I'm so glad you've lost your jobs. Thank God Elon, Elon Musk bought Twitter. And you know what? Let's talk about something a little bit further. It's amazing to me, Mr. Roth, as the head and trust of safety at Twitter, your ability, or should I say inability, to remove child porn now, here's something that disgusts me about you. In your doctoral dissertation entitled Gay Data, you argued that minors should have access to Grindr, an adult male gay hookup app. Minors? Really? You know, Elon Musk took over Twitter, and he banned 44,000 accounts that were promoting child porn. You permanently banned my Twitter account, but you allowed child, child porn all over Twitter. 
Twitter had become a platform, you said, connecting queer young adults. You also wrote on Twitter in 2010, can high school students ever meaningfully consent to sex with their teachers? In 2021, while you were the director of trust and safety on Twitter, an underage boy and his mother announced a lawsuit against Twitter because, because Twitter was benefiting from and refused to remove a lewd video featuring this boy and another minor. That is repulsive. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. The Twitter files were not just about Hunter Biden's laptop. Twitter worked overtime to suppress accurate COVID information. Apparently, the views of a Stanford doctor are disinformation to you people. I, along with many Americans, have long-term effects from COVID. Not only was I a long hauler, but I have effects from the vaccine. It wasn't the first shot, but it was the second shot that I now developed asthma that has never gone away since I had the second shot. I have tremors in my left hand, and I have the occasional heart pain that no doctor can explain, and I've had a battery of tests. I have great regrets about getting the shot because of the health issues that I now have that I don't think are ever going to go away. Where did you go to medical school? I did not go to medical school. I'm sorry. I did not go to medical school. That's what I thought. Why do you think you or anyone else at Twitter had the medical expertise to censor a doctor's expert opinion? Our policies regarding COVID were designed to protect individuals. We were seeing you guys censored Harvard educated doctors, Stanford educated doctors, doctors that are educated in the best places in the world, and you silenced those voices. You're not a doctor, right, Ms. Gaddy? No, I'm not. Okay. What makes you think you or anyone else on Twitter have the medical expertise to censor actual, accurate CDC data? I'm not familiar with these particular situations. Yeah, I'm sure you're not. It's not just about the laptop. This is about medical advice that expert doctors were trying to give Americans because social media companies like Twitter were silencing their voices. Did the U.S. government ever contact you or anyone at Twitter to pressure Twitter to moderate or censor certain tweets? Yes or no? We have a program. Did the U.S. government ever contact you or anyone at Twitter to censor or moderate certain tweets? Yes or no? We receive legal demands to remove content from the platform from the U.S. government and governments all around the world. Thank God for Matt Taibbi. Thank God for Elon Musk for allowing to show us in the world that Twitter was basically a subsidiary of the FBI. Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Seymour Hersh relying on unnamed national security sources, recently published an article on his Substack about the destruction of the Nord Stream pipelines. Two pipelines, known as Nord Stream 1, provided Western Europe with cheap Russian gas for more than a decade. These pipelines were seen by NATO as a threat to Western dominance. Profits were shared with the Russian government and provided up to 45% of their annual budget. A second pair, called Nord Stream 2, had been built, but were not yet operational. NATO was concerned that as long as Europe remained dependent upon these pipelines, Germany would be reluctant to supply Ukraine with money and weapons to fight Russia. And so the Biden administration authorized Jake Sullivan to assemble a task force with members of the Biden White House, the CIA, and the Pentagon to come up with a plan for the destruction of the pipelines. The operation was run by Victoria Newland, Anthony Blinken, and Jake Sullivan. 
The Navy proposed using a submarine to assault the pipeline directly. The Air Force proposed dropping bombs with delayed fuses. And the CIA argued that whatever was done, it would have to be covert, because if the attack was traced to the U.S., then it would be an act of war. In early 2022, right after the CIA reported to Sullivan that they had a plan, both Victoria Newland and President Biden publicly threatened to bring an end to Nord Stream 2. If Russia invades Ukraine, one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. According to the source, this public announcement meant that blowing up the pipeline no longer could be considered a covert option and that there was no longer a legal requirement to report their plans to Congress. The Americans partnered with Norway, who had their own motivations for the destruction of the Nord Stream pipelines which would allow them to sell more of their own natural gas to Europe. In March of 2022, members of the team flew to Norway to meet with the Norwegian Secret Service. The Norwegian Navy decided on a spot in the shallow waters of the Baltic Sea, a few miles off Denmark's Bornholm Island, where the divers, operating from a Norwegian Alta-class mine hunter, would plant C4 charges with concrete protective covers on the four pipelines. Divers were chosen from the U.S. Navy's Diving and Salvage Center in Panama City, which specializes in training deepwater divers to use C4 explosives because they were Navy only and not members of America's Special Operations Command, whose covert operations would need to be reported to Congress. The mission was secretly embedded into an annual training exercise already scheduled for June of 2022, known as Baltic Operations 22, or BaltOps 22, wherein the Panama City divers would place C4 explosives with a 48-hour timer attached. But the White House then worried that triggering the explosion within two days of the well-publicized training exercise would make it obvious that America was responsible. And so it was decided that the C-4 would be triggered by a sonar buoy later dropped by plane. The buoy would emit a sequence of unique low-frequency tonal sounds to trigger the explosives. On September 26, 2022, a Norwegian Navy P-8 surveillance plane dropped the sonar buoy. The signal spread underwater and a few hours later, the high-powered explosives were triggered and three of the four pipelines were put out of commission. According to Hirsch's national security sources, it was a beautiful cover story. It was a covert operation that placed experts in the field and equipment that operated on a covert signal. The only flaw was the decision to do it. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese.
so say I, I have, I, you know, not, say if I go f- by for years without any I- employees being uh, laid off, right? So therefore, my funds are getting big, 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 big. So the percentage of what they used to take out of, out of my account, I'd have to give them, would have been less because nobody's dipping into it. But what happened here is that so many people got unemployment that they just simply gave out all the money out of all the accounts. And then they started borrowing from the federal government that when you borrow when the state borrows from the federal government to pay unemployment, they have to pay back the federal government with interest. And now the amount of payback is half a million dollars a year or something like it's, it's, it's totally out of, out of the, out of the, the, out of off this earth. So what's happening is state of California is now blaming the federal government for the problem. And it was all inside the employment development department. EDD has claimed that 95% of the fraud losses were directly related to the federal pandemic unemployment assistance program. So they're now denying it. It, They're going to lose this in a big way. So the PUA or the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program has been considered the easiest target for fraudsters as some states like California required virtually no identity confirmation to qualify for benefits. In other words, you just give a name like Diane Feinstein or Arnold Schwarzenegger or Santa Claus, right? Or Bing Crosby. Hence claims uh, were made by thousands of prisoners, out-of-state residents and foreign nationals. Certainly any illegal immigrant, any undocumented person could get it. California has 12% of the nation's residents. It accounted for 21% of all unemployment expenditures during the pandemic. You know, I'm sorry to say it, people, if you're listening from another state, this state is screwing up the United States of America. And that's just one of the problems. So that's just one situation. How about this one? San Francisco, like I have a a doctor friend in town here. He used to own a lot of rentals. And so I heard he was selling his rentals, and we were looking for some rentals for some uh, drug addiction housing and uh, transitional housing for people that were coming out of drugs or out of jail and stuff. So he had a rundown complex, and so... I talked to him about it. I said, why are you selling all your properties? Because I always knew him as owning lots of properties. He said, Lou, I, the government uh, caused me to go broke with my properties. He said, they, I couldn't evict anybody during COVID, and no, everybody quit paying rent. And then the government come in and said, well, I need to fix up my properties, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't force people to pay rent, and I couldn't evict the people. So he said, I just decided to sell all my properties and just get out. It's like the government is basically causing everyone to go broke. So in San Francisco, they have a lot of vacancies and they have some of the the biggest numbers of homeless in the world. And uh, so they passed a law down there that they're now going to tax you if you're a landlord and you have housing units that are vacant, they're going to tax you on the vacant units. Now, normally you get taxed if, if you have housing units, you get taxed on if you you know, you pay your mortgage, you pay your repairs, you pay all the expenses, and then you have all the money coming in. You're renting it. You have the money coming in. And the difference in that, you make a profit maybe. 
and then they tax you on the profit. So in San Francisco, people aren't making a profit. If you do, you get taxed on the profit. If you if you don't if you don't rent out your unit. So the other thing in San Francisco is they have rent control. Do you know that? You can't charge like if I had an apartment building and I had four apartments in the building, I could not determine what I wanted to rent it for. This, the government tells you what you can rent it for. Doesn't matter how much you paid for it. Doesn't matter how much you need for it. The government tells you, and they they have rent what they call rent control. So some people say, I'm not even going to do this. I'm just going to leave it vacant, and I'm going to fix it up, or I'm going to do something else with the building, or I'm going to sell the building, right? But the San Francisco says, well, we're not even going to let you leave it vacant. If you leave, leave it vacant too long, we're going to tax you for it. Now, San Francisco is losing lots of population. People are fleeing the city. In fact, some of them are coming up to this area where I live right here. So there's going to be lots of... There, there's tons there's so much commercial buildings empty they're now going to they don't expect them ever people to return to san francisco do you think that's amazing that they wouldn't try to get them to return let me let me bring something to you you may know the facts but you don't know why it's happening so i told you last week that 343,230 people left california would it surprise you if i told you that the environmentalists and the liberals that run this state are not are not concerned about that at all. In fact, they're happy about it. They want this state to be unpopulated or depopulated. They want to rewild, they call it rewilding the state. They want the state to be absent of people, void of people. So they don't care at all that 350,000 people left in, in 12 months. All the, the government wants is they want to go after the money that they, they now have and try to tax them again, even though they left. So all kinds of people have left San Francisco. And London Breed, who's the mayor of San Francisco, has already said that she the days of San Francisco, the glorious days of San Francisco, beautiful downtown are over because businesses left. 17 Walgreens left. Now, I know that's not a posh business. But people need medications. 17 left because they wouldn't police people just walking in, taking stuff off the shelves and walking out, right? <clears throat> so the downtown people have just left. So what they're going to try to do is rebuild those buildings into houses. But if you have rent control and you have people that trash the houses and you end up, you can't evict them. Do you know that in California, that if you go to court against your tenants, you're the landlord, 99% of the time you will lose because the laws are all favored to the tenants. So uh, so anyway, San Francisco land on, landlords are now suing the city because it's, it's a ripoff. Now, you say, I wonder how much they're going to get taxed. They're going to get taxed. In, so it starts in 2024. <clears throat> And it will apply to owners of buildings with three or more units. Most people have three or more units. And if they've been vacant for 182 days or more, okay? So that's like six months, right? They're going to they're gonna send a tax bill for $2,500 to $5,000 per unit. They think that the strategy will bring $4,500 vacant units back on the market and generate as much as $38 million annually for the affordable housing. 
<coughs> this is communism, people. This you if you've never you don't understand this, this is how communism works. Communism all that's missing here in full communism is they take the building actually away from you and the government runs it. The government runs it. So right now you still own it, but you have all the risks and all the expenses. But if you by chance make a profit, they're going to tap into that profit and take money from that. If you don't make a profit and you're trying to get rid of the building, uh, they're going to charge you from twenty-five dollars to $5,000 per unit. Now, right around the corner from me, I lived in a building. There was a sixplex over here that was built years and years ago, and I was one of the some friends of mine, and I rerunned the whole place out, filled the whole place up, brand-new units. And so now, 30, 40 years later, Re- they just told all the people to move. I don't know how they got them out so soon, but they, they're remodeling the whole thing. Now, how many months? I don't know how long it's going to take them to remodel it. It's going to be apartments again, but they're just going through and refurbishing it. It'll be really nice when they're done. But I'm telling you, this is socialism. This is commun- difference in socialism, communism. <clears throat> communism takes over by violence. Socialism takes over by vote. And communism... They end up owning the rules of the the uh, mechanism of production, and so basically they own all, all the buildings, they own all the businesses, and it's all state owned. Uh, all everything's state owned. That's what Klaus Schwab wants in his Great Reset book. So in socialism, they allow you to own the business, but they control everything about the business, and you take all the risks, put in put in your whole life, and then they. They just keep making rules to make it less and less profitable to stay in business. So uh, the the complaint notes the city has increased restrictive constraints on owners of residential rental properties for decades, including rent control, just cause eviction laws, relocation payment. In other words, if people have to leave, they're going to tell them to get out because you got to repair the building. you got to help relocate them in San Francisco. Rent control. Uh, anyway, restrictions on the owner being able to live or house an immediate family member to live in the home. Anyway, on and on, just rules, 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 screwing up the entire thing. San Francisco's in big trouble. But I want to reemphasize, if you think, oh, my, don't they realize how many tax dollars they're leaving because 300,000, 400,000 people have left? Don't they realize all the good business people and hard workers? They don't really care here. I'm telling you, the people in charge of this state are happy with people leaving. They don't care at all. They want less people in this state. I'm telling you, <clears throat> if if half of them left, they think that's the solution to uh, cutting down our water use, cutting down our electric electricity use, cutting down our ca- carbon footprint. They want to get rid of the people. If it takes killing them, if it takes moving them, they want they want to shrink everything in California. That's just the way it is. I'm telling you, if, if you're thinking it's different than that, you're just living. Uh, uh, you're li- living a lie. Now, uh, since this is this is how this thing's going to shake down. This lawsuit against the city, U.S. Supreme Court has held that property owners have a power to exclude. That means they, you can say, "I don't want to rent to you." And uh, that's that's been held over and over again. And property owners cannot be compelled to continue renting property that they no longer wish to rent. My friend, who had a sixplex next door, he lived in one of them. They're all studios. He left most of them 
vacant most of the time until he found the perfect. He wanted to rent to guys only, single guys, retiree type guys, older guys that they didn't trash the apartment. They were responsible and he he didn't have a lot of expenses. So he just let the places be empty until he found the perfect person. The Supreme Court has said that's all right to do. <clears throat> the plaintiffs, that means the people that are bringing this suit, also cite the Ellis Act. It describes how no public entity can implement an ordinance or regulation that compels a residential re- retail real property owner to offer accommodations for rent or lease except for guest rooms or efficiency units within a residential hotel. Anyway, the bottom line is uh, San Francisco is going down, and, they, you know, it's like those cartoons when the guy's going down on the river, and he bobs up, and he puts up one finger, then he bobs up, puts up two fingers, and then he bobs up, puts on three fingers, and he goes down under, and you don't see him anymore. That's just the way it is. It's crazy in the Bay Area. Liberals come up with crazy ideas and when they get the ability to put them into force society has a total meltdown that's what's going on in zombieville here where i live maybe you heard me refer to it as marysville i've changed the name to zombieville because they are actually growing zombies here they're they're cultivating zombies and the money that they are collecting mostly is wasted and i'm going to tell you about that in just a minute but uh in fact, let me get to it right now. I, I probably talked about this last week that uh, the we have this some property five acres along this thing called Ellis Lake. It's a man-made lake that's now a swamp. And um, so along this swamp, there's five acres of property that the government bought up with no money. They didn't have any money. So they went out and floated loans, which I believe was, if not illegal, immoral. And, uh, you know, they can't, they can't t- uh, create a tax in California any, any longer without a two thirds vote of the, uh, legislature and a two thirds support of the, uh, the voters of the state of California. But instead of asking the, the, the people's position, the city council, uh, they voted to float some bonds and raise $5 million. And so basically they bought this property with, with no money in their pocket. They just got these bonds and they gave the money to the landlords. And so <clears throat> they bought this property and they, they borrowed enough money so they wouldn't even have to make any payments uh, out of out of regular revenues because they didn't have any extra money. They were going they were going bankrupt. So after five years, uh, after five years of having this, they were going to flip the property to a land developer, but no land developer showed up. So they're going to flip the property, but they 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 could not get anybody interested in the property. So they ended up refinancing the property in October uh, of 2011, and they went up to from $5 million payable over 25 to 30 years to $7 million payable in 25 to 30 years. So anyway, the property uh, now, the payoff is between $15 and $17 million. 
property that's worth now. We just sold it. They just are selling it now. The property, the same property they bought for, they, they funded for $5 million. They are selling for $1.2 million. But they still have to pay off the bonds, which are 15 to $17 million. And the payment is close to $700,000 a year. Now, that payment, when they realize they're going to have to pay that, and they didn't have, they couldn't flip the property, they couldn't get rid of it for that kind of money, they, uh, they said it's going to bankrupt. We can't afford to have police and fire. Well, one, one solution, which I wrote about in the Territorial Dispatch a number of times, they could have closed the police department and turned the policing of the city over to the sheriff's department, which would have probably saved over a million dollars. That would have solved a lot. <clears throat> but uh, they still had this 15 to $17 million. Now, uh, Steve Casey, city manager at the time they made the decision to float all these bonds, later said it was the greatest horrible, it was the greatest mistake he ever made as a city, city manager. He really regretted it. Steve Casey died of cancer. He was fighting cancer then, but he was transparent at a point in his life. And uh, so anyway, this whole thing, this whole debacle started in 2006. It was refinanced. It was financed for a second time in 2011. And now uh, the way the article in the Appeal Democrat wrote that it was going to be a successful sale. But the problem is if you don't follow the money and the debt, the city will be paying on that debt for 15 more years. At least something like 15 years to pay that off or not 15 years, excuse me, uh, 25 to 30 years. And that you know how when you pay for a house, you put a down payment and you end up paying a lot more than the price of the house. Right. Because the interest. So when you add in the interest, the guesstimate back when they refinance, it was 15 to 17 million dollars. Now, maybe they refinance. But the fact is. The city does not have 15 to 17 million dollars or even 10 million dollars to pay this or 12 million dollars to pay it off. They still have to pay off the debt. And even though they got rid of the property and maybe the property would be developed and they will generate some sales tax off it. But even at the best case scenario, they're just going to earn their they're going to they're going to earn enough probably to make the payment every year. And we still have a police department that costs us a million dollars a square mile. It's the craziest thing, people. To live in this, to live in California, to live in the city of Marysville, you cannot, this, the city's under curse. Here's why I know it's under a curse. If you can flip a coin to determine the right thing to do at city council meetings, you have a chance of getting 50% of the decisions right. Right? Should we just, yes or no, flip a coin, Right? But if you get nine out of 10 decisions wrong at the city level, that's a curse. That's a curse on the city. I have a whole uh, argument on why we're under a curse, the spiritual curse in this city. Uh, I'm not going to spend time to do it today because we're already four four sections out of six into this today. But uh, when everything looks to do right, the city does a major wrong and two city councils per- cooperated two city council people were on the, the council and both the decisions, <clears throat> but shamefully they bankrupted it to look back on their public service. If you want to look back on your public service and feel proud of 
about it. Think back on your public service knowing that you bankrupted a city for 30 years. You'll be long dead in the grave, and they'll still be paying for the debt you created to ruin this city. We'll be right back. There once was a nitwit in D.C. The lame old dip was the former VP. Prices blew up, the market tipped down. Oh, below Joey Biden, you blow. <gasps> Soon may the gentleman come to lock him up and his crackhead son. One day when justice is done, we'll see the Democrats go. He'd not be there for ballots stole. When late that night they rigged the polls. In battleground states, the lioness hoes. They tipped the scales for Joe. <laughs> Soon may the gentleman come to lock him up and his crackhead son. One day when justice is done, we'll see the Democrats go. Da 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 the cost of fuel has gone sky high, the reffing with the food supply. The southern border's open wide, let's go, Brandon, go. Soon may the gentleman come to lock him up and his crackhead son. One day when justice is done, we'll see the Democrats go. Well, runaway inflation soars, he's bleeding billions, funding wars. He's lost his mind, he crapped his drawers, oh, blow, Joey, by the new blow. Soon may the gentleman come to lock him up and his crackhead son. One day when justice is done, we'll see the Democrats go. Soon may the gentleman come to lock him up and his crackhead son. One day when justice is done, we'll see it's the It's a new year, Democrats and I'd like to come clean. My name is Bill, and I fly private. <laughs> And so does every other person who calls themselves an environmentalist who can. Now enjoy this fun photo collage of some of your favorite stars and <laughs> politicians who speak about the need to reduce our carbon footprint, but who are always on private planes. There are two kinds of people in the world, those who fly private and those who would if they could. <laughs> And don't tell me the younger generation is better. They're not. They're just poorer. <laughs> Kids love Bitcoin, which uses more electricity than some whole countries. Kids could have rejected that, but they didn't. They love it. Why? Because they want to be rich. Why? So they can fly private. <laughs> John Kerry is our climate czar, and he uses a private jet. It's like if the Secretary of Homeland Security smuggled drugs in his butt. <laughs> the Secret History of the FBI. In 1901, President William McKinley was assassinated by an anarchist who was heavily influenced by Karl Marx. Now, at that time, there wasn't any true federal law enforcement in the U.S. You only had a few agencies, like the Secret Service, who could tackle some national crime and security threats, but that was it. And so, the U.S. Attorney General, Mr. Charles Bonaparte, who, by the way, was a great-nephew of Napoleon Bonaparte, he began seeking more and more executive power. Using the threat of violent anarchism as the pretext, he began pushing Congress to establish a national police force. Now, back then, Congress was reluctant to fund something like an FBI because they were worried that it would eventually become too powerful. But with the assassination of President McKinley as the linchpin, in 1908, the FBI was officially formed. And since then, it's grown a thousandfold going from only 34 employees at the start to over 35,000 today. Do you think Congress was right to worry about the FBI becoming too powerful? Why would anyone think that our corrupt government sees communist China as an enemy? They have been close partners for over 50 years. 
In 1971, after Mao Zedong spent years calling for the invasion of America, Henry Kissinger, acting as President Nixon's special representative, secretly traveled to Beijing to open business relations with the CCP. George H.W. Bush then went to China as the director of the U.S. Liaison Office and paved the way for multinational outsourcing of America's labor markets. Fast forward to 2001, the inside job of taking down the Twin Towers accomplished many things for the corrupt U.S. government. It was the Pearl Harbor event that the neocons wrote they needed to launch their plan for a new American century. It was the catalyst for the Patriot Act, which is being used today to target American patriots. And it was a way to account for trillions of missing dollars. On the afternoon of September 10, 2001, U.S. Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld announced that the Pentagon was unable to account for $2.3 trillion. The technology revolution has transformed organizations across the private sector. But not ours, not fully. Not yet. We are, as they say, uh, tangled in our anchor chain. Our financial systems are decades old. According to some estimates, we cannot track $2.3 trillion in transactions. The very next day, on 9-11, the Pentagon's budget offices took a direct hit and was destroyed. The markets closed for two weeks. Banks all across the nation were closed and the missing $2.3 trillion was forgotten. With overwhelming evidence of 9-11 being a series of controlled demolitions, the debris and wreckage from the felled towers was not investigated. Instead, it was immediately shipped off to China. And on December 11th of that same year, China became a member of the World Trade Organization. Having been given favorable trading status by the US, the CCP was virtually exempt from violating human rights violations. And millions of Americans began losing their jobs as manufacturing was outsourced to CCP slave labor factories. Fast forward to the current era. Our government worked with the communist Chinese to weaponize COVID-19 and to further destabilize the American economy with forced lockdowns and deadly experimental vaccines that are still killing people to this day, including children. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics desperately publishes a fake jobs report, claiming over 500,000 jobs when the actual numbers are more like 80,000. The housing market is collapsing. 41% of small businesses can't pay their rent. The U.S. debt is at $31 trillion. The Federal Reserve Bank is backed into a corner, and the crooked U.S. government needs another 9-11. And right on cue, a giant balloon, big enough to be seen by all, slowly creeps across the American skies. The average American is now talking about EMPs. Our government's partner, the CCP, takes credit, and a new bin Laden is born. The stage is now set for an EMP attack so that the banks have an excuse to close, steal the rest of America's wealth, making way for the CCP's digital yuan to become the new world reserve currency. 
they are probing us everywhere, Martha. They're probing us uh, in the Pacific with their fighter aircraft. We had a close incident not too many weeks ago. They're probing us in our home by putting propaganda on TikTok, poisoning our children. They're working in our schools and universities. This is just another example of the Chinese Communist Party's aggression. Why would anyone think that our government is enemies with the Communist Chinese? Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Father understand why. So cheer up, my brother. Live in the sunshine. For we'll understand it all by and by. By and by. When the morning comes. When all the right. You're still listening to Lou Benninger, and just want to let you know we haven't fallen off the edge of the earth. I wanted to mention uh, Thrifty Rooter. If you've got some problems with your lines, your plumbing lines, these guys can do this in their sleep. They're so good at it. So whether it's fixing the water on the way into the house or the water on the way out of the house or a broken line or something, 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 or your septic tank overflowing or backing up, these guys have pumping trucks that can come in and Relieve the whole tank so you can work on it. <clears throat> they can do the lines. Go to their website. They t- it tells all the things they do there. They have a whole menu of stuff to choose from. And you go to thriftyrooter, R-O-O-T-E-R, dot net, thriftyrooter.net. You can call them up and, at the uh, old school line, not text, but call 530-673-8201, 673 to get on with some dispatchers there that will just be so happy that you're calling and they can come and help you. But they'll take care of your business. They operate in three or four or five counties up in this area, in Northern California. If you can hear me talking up here, uh, they can hook you up. And uh, they actually, I didn't know they were down in Lincoln, California. Lincoln's a big area in part of Placer County. That's Placer County. They're also in Nevada, Butte, Calusa, Yuba, Sutter. They're all over the place. They got vans running everywhere. I saw a bunch of their vans parked at the headquarters the other day. Must have been having a big, big uh, powwow over there. So thriftyrooter.net or 673-8201, and get, they'll get out and get you taken care of. Also, Nellie Garcia at North Valley Paralegal. Uh, she's moved over to 1110 Civic Center Boulevard. That's right across from the Sutter County Sheriff's Department off Highway 20. Uh, 1110 Civic Center Boulevard and Suite 202A. She's going to be there for probably best part of a year. She's looking to buy a building, so this is kind of a holding spot for her. Nice offices. 202A is a suite. It's in Yuba City. You can dial her up to make an appointment at 530-751-9289-751-9289. Also, Greenest Construction, he's the best kitchen and bath guy we got up in the northern state. I haven't found anybody better. There's some good contractors out there, but uh, Dave Greenitz, uh has perfected the system of knocking out uh, and taking a funky, old, outdated, worn-out, beat-up, moldy bathroom or a kitchen that's just been thrashed from too much action and making it all brand spanking new and modern. 
So if you want to check that out, you can go to his platforms, uh, his uh, website platform, or his Facebook platform. I'm going to give you those right now. Greenitz, with the, it's the color green with E-T-Z on the end, greenitzconstruction.com. Or you could go to his Facebook site at uh, <clears throat> Dave Greenitz Construction. And you can look there at his before and after pictures, photos. And you can also see his floor design. Some of them, sometimes he'll show the before and the after floor design and how, how they made it uh, the way they did and why it's better. And uh, you could dial him up or text him at 530-682-9602, 682-9602. Whether it's getting a good surgeon or getting a good contractor or getting a good lawyer, it's worth waiting because the best is just the best. And you don't want to play around when there's big stakes at hand. So, uh, okay, we're going to get back to talking about issues here. Let me see if I can get my cursor to work here. It seems it's hard to see on this screen. I don't know. I'm going to have to do something one of these days. Um, I'm going to skip that. This is an Oakland store owner. She was a cupcake maker down there. And she got robbed and killed, dragged behind a car. She's trying to stop him from robbing her. And uh, her friends said, oh, it's okay. Don't find the guy. She would have forgiven him. And uh, we'll just let it go. That's how liberalism, just let somebody go on and kill somebody else, kill somebody else, kill somebody else. Just to honor her, her name was Jen Angel. That's quite a name, Jen Angel. And uh, owner of a cupcake store in Oakland. They just thought, eh, we're just going to, you know, she said, her friends, her friends speaking for, you know, she's dead, beat to death. <clears throat> her friends speaking, oh, she, she, uh, she just, you know, was into the community and she wouldn't be about, you know, I'm sure there was a reason he killed her, probably a righteous reason. Jen's family and close friends asked that the media respect her request and carry forward the story of her life with celebration. Anyways, look for our alternatives. Maybe just, you know, take him out to eat, fresh set of clothes, and uh, we'll get over this problem and move on. So anyway, just... That's I just thought I'd bring that up. That's crazy. Just more San Francisco Bay Area craziness. So, uh, all right. So it says, Stephen Frank says, fascist Fauci now admits that he lied. As the world's largest serial killer in history, no government is willing to take legal action against him for his crimes against humanity. And that's sad. That's a state. We, we, over and over, we find prosecutors won't take on cases. Fauci is now claiming that the vaccines were utterly worthless. Well, he's he's actually not claiming that they're utterly worse, worthless. He still maintains it in certain specific cases, atypical. But the ones that generally kill you, the vaccines serve as a sort of pretreatment. <clears throat> he, flat, he flat out admits that the claim about vaccine possibly preventing infection and transmission are simply bogus and always were. Wow, wouldn't you... Wouldn't you have liked to have doctors that were honest with you instead of just having you be injected with a chemical? Your parents ever tell you don't take don't take drugs? <laughs> Why? Because you don't know what's in them and you don't know it might kill you. It may take be the last drug you ever take. Yeah. 
No, it turns out the jab was. And he, he lied about it. How do you get your life back after you've been damaged? How do we get our country back? How do we get our faith in government, our faith in medical society back again? Jerked around, lectured, hammered. Oh, man, I got hammered by people, nasty people. Uh, this uh, Vinod Prasad says, as with social distancing, we were accused of essentially being a murderer if you didn't do go along. Crazy. These people are crazy. All right. Moving on down. Fauci even says that the flu vaccine isn't really worth much. I've felt that all along. I've never taken a flu vaccine. I, if I was to do it today, I wouldn't have any of my kids vac vaccinated. There is no other plausible uh, <clears throat> causative factor of, of uh, autism than vaccines. Nothing else has changed that much to cause that much increase in vaccine. Just the way it is, man. We've been scammed. We've been scammed. I wanted to uh, read, there's an article by John Kupal. I'm not going to read it, but I wanted to refer to it because we've been, we've got ripped off in Yuba and Sutter counties on these elections to pass sales tax. And uh, I'm, I'm getting close. All right. Okay. John Kupal writes, the headline says, there's election fraud, and then there's election fraud. So when you think of election fraud, you probably think of somebody that's changing the votes, that's handling the voting counting. You probably think of people that are making up false ballots or filling out ballots for people or registering falsely or pay, voting for a dead person, right? That's not what John Kupal's saying and this is what yuba county violated they got away with it because there's the the da at that time with measure k the da was in on it the whole scam the da pat mcgrath was in on it so john kapal says the free speech clauses of the, this this is true now i don't care what state you're listening from pay attention the free state free, the free speech clauses of the federal and state constitutions He's talking about California state constitution plus the federal government. Prohibit the use of a governmentally compelled monetary contribution, that includes taxes, to support or oppose political campaigns. So you can't take our state money and use it on political campaigns, for or against in, 17, in 1976, the California Supreme Court ruled the use of the public treasury to mount an election campaign which attempts to influence the resolution of issues, which our Constitution leads to the free election of the people, prevent, presents a serious threat to the integrity of the whole election process. I'm not going to give you the case law and all that. Uh, you're not writing it down anyway. Both the state and local governments sometimes, says John Kapal, 
stretched the law to its breaking point by claiming that their advocacy is simply education. They don't always get away with it. And that's what they use. They say, well, we're not really campaigning for it. We're just informing people about a great possibility. Liars. So what happened in uh, from January to March 2017, L.A., the county of L.A. spent almost $1 million in public funds on a multimedia campaign urging voters to support Major H. It was a one-quarter percent sales tax increase to pay for homelessness services. <clears throat> Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association filed a complaint with the FPPC, Fair Political Practices Commission, as well as a lawsuit seeking to enforce the law that bars the public treasury from taking sides in an election. As a result, the county of Los Angeles was fined $1.35 million, the largest fine ever imposed against any agency in the state of California. Now, they did that over here in, Mer- in uh, Yuba City, in Sutter County. They, we don't even know how much. that They're so uh, uh, corrupt there, they won't even tell us how much they've actually spent in the uh, of taxpayer money to promote Measure A, which is a new sales tax. Marysville, I'm told, although we never did a Freedom of Information Act request, that I was told that a contractor or developer, David Lanza and his father, Roy Lanza, paid for the campaign to raise taxes through Measure C, which barely passed, and then it was overturned at the local court here, but but then overruled by corrupt Supreme Court justices, one of which who was fired right after the court case. So uh, California taxpayers are all too familiar with the deceptive practices and initiative campaigns, either statewide or local a measure that claims to protect taxpayers or guarantees strict accountability is often a tax often a tax increase or a bond measure that saddles voters with 30 years of debt payments that's what the city of Marysville did and they said it was all about saving police and fire but in the in in, in the beginning what got us into a bankrupt state was that they went and uh, they converged several parcels of property into a five-acre parcel without any down payment and no way to pay the payments. So instead of going out and trying to get a bank loan, which they could not get a bank loan on that, they did these bonds. And then they refinanced them after five years, and they ran the cost to repay them up. And so that created a situation where they needed a sales tax to bail them out. If they wouldn't ever have done that, they would have been able to make it okay. A measure that claims to be to protect taxpayers or guarantee strict accountability is often a tax increase or a bond measure that saddles voters with 30 years of debt payments. The campaign committees behind these anti-taxpayer measures frequently include the word taxpayer in their names, like taxpayers for common sense or taxpayers for traffic relief. Anyway, Kupal keeps bringing up the same thing. Actually, I brought up, I'm not saying I came up with it. I think I probably read it through John Kupal once upon a time. 
the point is that they lie and and they it's kind of like when Clinton was asked about if he had sex with Monica Lewinsky and he says it depends on what the definition of is is it's all double speak people and all, all they have to do is get a couple judges to go along with them corrupt judges which they did down in Sacramento and they got their way ripping us off for taking another percent costing us thousands of dollars per family extra <clears throat> each year so uh we'll just keep beating that drum until we get it our way right and it should you know something everything in society should go our way it's a government of the people by the people for the people when the supervisors are always happy and we're not happy the county is not a happy place because it's not the actions of our county should not be for the delight of our supervisors, but rather for the delight of their constituents. That's what they get wrong. They think they get a big head of steam about some big program they want to do, and people really don't want to do it. And for good reason. Some may say, I don't want to be indebted like this county. You know, one of the things is the people that 300 to 400,000 people that left California no longer have to pay taxes in this state if they're not working here. They don't owe any of that debt that all these stupid people in Marysville, these stupid council members, created for us. You know, the people of the city of Marysville did not create any of this debt. You know that after they passed Measure C, the 1% increase in Marysville, they turned around and bonded and bought 19 brand new cars. This is years ago now. They, they paid for 19 brand new cars, and they got more bonds to do that. After they... Buried the county with $17 million, $17 million in debt. They went and got more bonds to buy new cars. And now I heard they just bought a bunch of new cars. That's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. <clears throat> Listen, people, until you're willing to get uh, some commitments from new officials that want to be elected, that they're not going to put us in more debt, that they're not going to continue the CalPERS system of retirement, that they're not going to continue to uh, pay two hundred, $300,000, $400,000, $500,000, $600,000, $700,000 for, for various services from mental health doctors to <clears throat> longtime employees. Listen, people, we need to just shut down and just say, we're not going to pay this anymore. If you want to change jobs, change jobs, but we're, you know, Sutter County's paying over a hundred people, over a hundred thousand a year. I got the list somewhere. It, it's just ridiculous, people. They're not worth it. They don't work hard, and their outcome is lousy. And I told someone the other day, a drug counselor, I said, if behavioral health in Yuba City was paid so much per head for people they got into rehabs or people they got off drugs versus being paid whether you accomplish anything or not. They would go broke if they were getting paid by the peace because they're not focused on piecework. <clears throat> I had peach pickers when I worked in the peaches in this area, and they did. They wanted to work by piecework per bin. They got paid per bin. 
<clears throat> because they were hard workers and they knew that they could produce a lot more money for their family by hard work and filling those bins over a period of six or seven hours in the morning before the heat got going. In the government way, the government would pay people by the hour to pay the pick the peaches, and it would take forever to get them off. In fact, a lot of them would probably just rot on the ground and fall off and die because peaches got to be picked right away. They need to get the orchard done in a matter of a couple days. They're ready to go. They'll drop. But government is based on outcomes, uh, excuse me, on just breathing there, not on outcomes. And if you don't... Pr- if you don't produce anything, they don't really care. They just, they don't really care. So uh, we're going to be right back. We got one more segment to go. I need to cool my, uh, I get a scrap, not a sore throat, but a uh, raspy throat. We'll be right back. Stand up. Stand up for your rights. Get up and stand up. Don't give up the fight. Get up and stand up. Stand up for your rights. Get up and stand up. Don't give up the fight. Anybody heard about Kristen the Piston? Anybody heard about how my father was murdered with remdesivir? Has anybody heard about how the hospital called me and blamed me and my mom because we weren't vaccinated and that was the reason he died? Anybody heard about how they put my dad on palliative care and they never fed him and they starved him to death and they only gave him one can of Insure in nine days? Anybody hear about that? Anybody hear about how they put my dad in bilateral restraints Restrain him against his will and pumped him full of remdesivir against his and his family wishes while they called me and blamed me and told me he was dying because I wouldn't take the vaccine? Has anyone heard the story? Anyone? You heard the story yet? You heard about how my dad was murdered in a worse way than people on death row? Do you hear me? People on death row are treated more humanely than my father. He wasn't able to use a goddamn phone. Are you listening to me? Everybody, you know, people want me to act all nice about this shit, man. Fuck you. Fuck you. They his bullshit. They murdered my father. They injected him with poison. They lied to me. They blamed me. You want me to act normal? Sit here and make videos like everything's okay? So we can watch Rebel News go up to Albert Borla and do nothing! Nothing! Is that what you want? Fuck you! America was built on slavery. This has become a standard trope of critical race theory. It is something that is taught in our schools. It is something that has now surfaced on a Disney show called The Proud Family. It's a kind of a cartoon show, and uh, but weaved into it are themes of slavery and reparations. And um, I want to just quote uh, a line or two. This country was built on slavery. 
which means slaves built this country. It goes on to talk about why that creates a foundation, a moral foundation for reparations. Now, this may seem like inarguable, which is to say self-evident. I want to argue that's one of those things that we tend to take for granted so much that it takes a little bit of thought and scrutiny to realize that it's not true. What is not true? This country was not built on slavery and slaves didn't build it. And think of how, if, that, if what I said is true, it blows the foundation for reparations right out of the water. The premise itself is false. But how can it be false? Didn't slaves, at least some would say, well, they certainly helped to build this country, didn't they? And I would say, in a sense, no. And why, the reason I say no is because it's not that the slaves didn't do any building. Slaves, of course, were, there was some slavery uh, in the North um, also uh, before the American founding. Most of slavery was either abolished or on its way to being abolished in the era of the American founding. And then slavery became more regional. It was in the South, mainly plantation slavery, small and large plantations. Okay, so the slaves built the plantations. But what happened to the plantations in the Civil War? They were destroyed. They were leveled to the ground. Sherman burned Atlanta. So at the end of the Civil War, what was left in the South was very little, just land, agriculture. The South had to sort of rebuild its way out of, you know, a, a kind of rubble. So the slave, what the slaves built was destroyed. Uh, during the Civil War. And the idea that America today is somehow built by slavery is, I think, nonsensical. Now, it's tempting for people to go from there to say, well, all right, but what about the immigrants? Didn't the immigrants build America? No, they didn't either. Uh, now, I'm not saying that the immigrants, again, didn't do anything, they didn't work, uh, but the country was built by the original European settlers. They are the ones who established the economic and political and moral foundations for a strong, prosperous, and decent nation. And then, uh, this is me tweeting, we are all living off the fruits of their labor. Now, I knew when I said this, it would sort of set off a little bit of a social media stir. And sure enough, I get all kinds of comebacks. And... Um, and uh, one of these comebacks is, well, Dinesh, you know, the, um, uh, the, um, the settlers are the same as immigrants. You're, you're talking about settlers, but didn't the settlers come from another country? Doesn't this make them immigrants? Uh, no, settlers are not the same as immigrants. There's a real difference between a settler and an immigrant. I put it this way. The settler is the guy who shows up and builds the country. He's the first guy to actually create the recipe for a society. Now, if it happens to be a good society, good recipe, good society, then immigrants will leave their own country and move voluntarily to the better country that the settlers have created. In other words, immigrants move to already existing established societies because they like the way that society is run or organized. But who organized it? Not the immigrant the settler. And this is why the countless immigrants who have come to America over the generations, me included, all of us owe a great debt to the pilgrims and to the original settlers. They are the ones more than anyone else, more than the immigrants, more than the slaves. They are the ones who really built America. Now, um, once I establish propositions that are hard to argue against, I get quibbles. And here's a quibble. 
uh, that comes from somebody on social media. Hey, Dinesh, care to weigh in on the assertion that European settlers weren't immigrants? I'm sure lots of First Nation leaders, meaning Native Americans, would have a different interpretation of history. And here I make the point that being here first doesn't mean anything. I mean, does the first Bedouin who arrives at an oasis own the oasis? No. European settlers are the ones who developed this country. They built towns and cities. They established the nation on a political and economic foundation. They created this widespread opportunity and this widespread prosperity. Uh, I think I speak for immigrants here. We didn't come to the America the Native Americans created. If the Native Americans had continued to run the show, I would still be back in India. The reason that immigrants like me came to America is to be, to be part of the country that the original settlers created here. That's the America that we're grateful for. I saw a new movie out. It's called She Said. I don't know if you guys saw that movie, but it's uh, about the sexual abuse allegations against Harvey Weinstein. It was a very sad movie. I felt terrible for all the victims, the women and the guy who got cast as Harvey Weinstein. That was, that's an unfortunate looking man. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what it was like for his agent to call him up to tell him he got the role. Hey, uh, so I got you a role? And I was like, oh, thank God. You know, it's been so hard to find work in this town. People think I look too much like Harvey Weinstein. He's like, yeah, whew, uh, you're gonna be playing Harvey Weinstein. But listen, it pays well. And if more women come forward, there's a chance at a sequel. Ted Holmes has got a crew. I, was talking, I called him up a day or two ago, maybe Monday, and he talked like he was just in the same room as me, just as clear as a bell, and he was in San Quentin, Mexico, down near San Quentin, just above it, about five hours below the border by car, and they had a dozen guys from up here. Maybe there was male and female, I don't know, workers, let's call them workers, and they were down there working on an orphanage, but... but uh, in, in his absence, the plumbing doctor that one of the businesses he runs uh, is out there fixing all kind of plumbing needs. He told me one day, he said, Lou, some plumbers just clean out lines. He said, we do all kinds of plumbing. We install new fixtures, new hot water heaters, new tubs. We do the whole thing. You know, we replumb houses. We do all kinds of stuff. So uh, whatever you need in plumbing, if you've got a problem and you you can't fix the plumbing in your, maybe you're trying to redo your kitchen on your own and you need some help with the plumbing ideas. They can help with all that kind of stuff. So the plumbing doctor, they're easy to get a hold of. They're in Yuba Sutter counties. You can reach them at 530-671-9111, 530-671-9111. They have dispatchers, again, ready to take your call. And uh, the final one is, uh, I was talking to, <clears throat> Monty Hecker, and Monty is a great guy. He's a veteran of the Air Force, and he started uh, a business when he got out of the Air Force many moons ago, 
and called Elite Universal Security. And I was talking to him the other day. I said, tell me about your operation in other parts of Northern California. He said, oh, Lou, we got big, lots of work up in Chico. That's Butte County. We got, we need more and more workers all the time up there in Butte County. And he said, we're way up in Wairica. We got a lot going on in Wairica, California. That's not Eureka. Eureka is over on the coast. Wairica is up right on the Northern Oregon border near there. So we're all over Northern California. So if you can, if you're listening to me and you're in that, you're in one of the California counties up North here, you may not be in Yuba or Sutter where I'm sitting. I'm sitting in Yuba where Monty Hecker is, his headquarters are. But they, they'll hire you, and you can just work in your city. And uh, they will train you, train you how to be a guard. Maybe you retired from some other profession, but you're looking for 10 hours, 20 hours, 30 hours of work if it's easy. You know, not laborious if you're used to climbing roofs and roofing. This is easier than that. But if you're looking for some side work, they could train you how to be a guard. They'll help you get your guard card, all your certificates, boom, and you'd be working for them. And you're right where you are. You don't have to come down to Yuba Sutter. So, uh, or if you need them to do some work for you, if you've got a farm or ranch or industrial park or commercial business or residential, they'll help you keep your stuff, your stuff, and help people keep, help keep people from vandalizing your property, stealing your stuff, damaging your stuff. Uh, so Elite Universal Security, you can reach them by phone at 530-749-0280. That, again, 530-749-0280. That's their phone number. You could call them around the clock, 24 hours a, a day or <clears throat> any day of the week because they have dispatchers that are working with their guys that are working night and day. And uh, if you want to check out their website, it's Elite University, excuse me, EliteUniversalSecurity.com. EliteUniversalSecurity.com, and uh, give them a shout if you need a job or if you need a job done for them, and they will, they will make you happy. They will make you happy. So, uh, unfortunately, this happens. Um, you know, I was talking about Newsom. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of rules, and it seems like maybe we obey them better at the local level, or maybe just soup, some unusual people follow the rules better, Mor moral rules, ethical rules, legal rules. And I mentioned my friend Rick Teagarden, who was really fastidious about following rules as a superintendent of Yuba County Schools. And <clears throat> when I was on his school board, uh, you know, I was going to offer him some, some uh, expert help on doing billboards, which I'd done for many, many years. And uh, he said, yeah, okay, but we can't run the money through you because it'll look like we're, we're doing business with a board member. Well, the interesting thing is that all throughout government, there's, this is going on all the time. Congress is, of the United States is especially <clears throat> uh, doing this all the time, insider trading, all kinds of stuff, make decisions that cause stocks to go up and down. They jump on the stock going down or up, whatever they want to do. We've also had it, unfortunately, with, with local people in the government. They've had stings down at the uh, Assembly and Senate in the state of California and caught people getting payoffs, all kinds of stuff, putting people in prison from the, you know, you go from Senate to prison. And uh, there's a group called Open the Books, probably openthebooks.org or .com. 
You can look it up. They got some fascinating information there. These guys do research, guys and gals, uh, about where the money's coming from and where's it going. And they find they file hundreds of thousands of Freedom of Information Act requests every year to get this information. So open the books. Katie Grimes, she is the editor of uh, Global California. Or California Globe is the proper term. It's an online newspaper. It's a great newspaper. And uh, she says, Open the Books has focused its government transparency and auditing, auditing attention on Governor and Mrs. Newsom's pay-to-play schemes, which have been personally benefiting California's first couple. So in general, in very vague terms, but I'll, I'll dial it in, uh, the 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 uh, the first partner they don't call her the first lady they call her California's first partner she has her own film business so uh, the governor so the governor gets donations for his political campaign from big big corporations why do they give the governor campaign contributions so they'll do him favors. So they want to do business with government, so they end up getting government contracts that are sometimes 100 times as large as their campaign donation. So in addition to giving Governor Newsom campaign donations to stay a governor, they also donate to his wife's nonprofit. And that nonprofit, he says, why don't you, they reach out to them and say, you can donate to the nonprofit. Now, the nonprofit makes films for schools primarily. So then then, uh, the the wife, Jennifer Seibel Newsom, she turns around. She takes donations from these vendors of the government to her, her nonprofit. Then she turns around and she sells or leases the films back to the state school system. Now, what state school system is going to, like, say, oh, when they're solicited to, to show these films so they can explain people's genders to them and critical race theory? They're not. They're going to rent. They're going to take their tax dollars. In fact, the governor may even fund. He may give taxpayer funds to the school so he can give the funds to Jennifer Seibel Newsom to run her nonprofit. Now, that's exactly what happened here. So so they're getting it two and three times. They get money from, say, the ABC Corporation wants to do business with, with California, so they donate to the governor's campaign. So then the governor, when, when it comes up where they want to bid on a project with the government, they somehow get the project, the ABC company. Then the governor says, wow, if you want to donate, to, if you have any more charitable donations, why don't you give them to my wife, Jennifer Seibel Newsom, who has gender justice films. <clears throat> Her project is called the Res- Representation Project. Some of the films are as pornographic as Pornhub. You know what Pornhub is? Uh, there's lots of porn uh, sites. The I, I saw some clips that are inclu- included with this article in the California Globe photos. On it, the photos are, are faded, so you can't really see anything, but you can see enough to know that it's a full-blown porno, fully nude, legs spread, uh, gnarly. This is being showed to our kids. And for that, they're getting millions of dollars going to the representation project, Jennifer Seibel Newsom's. So 
Governor Newsom is giving his own wife's nonprofit money, according to Open the Books. Uh, It's going through the education system. He is giving extra money to the education system. That money then goes back to Jennifer Seibel Newsom for for the films, right? Then the vendors that normally do business with the government and donate to the government's coffer also gives money to Jennifer Seibel Newsom's because it's a nonprofit, 501c3, who doesn't even file its paperwork <coughs> property, properly. <coughs> this is a total ripoff, and uh, parents have complained about the pornographic content in Newsom's films shown to 11-year-olds. I've looked at them. They are, they are not, this is not an exaggeration. It's such an, uh, they have an animated upside down stripper with tape over her breasts. A 15 year old uh, uh, shows a nearly naked woman being slapped, handcuffed, brutalized, and images taken from porn sites. And then other images. I'm telling you, anything you can see on a porn site, you can see on Jennifer Seibel Newsom's films. Uh, they made one called The Great American Lie. Emotional abuse. Some of these films are so gnarly that kids ask for counselor counseling after them, and so the governor has given. Uh, he's he's created an office office of the first partner. That means Jennifer Seibel Newsom has her own office in the government. Then she has her own film company, and she's getting government money for her office in the government and for her film company. So check this out. The office of the first partner, which is Jennifer Seibel Newsom's office has grown from seven employees. You know how the, how the uh, first lady of the United States has some employees that work for her. I think uh, Michelle Obama or Michael Robinson, whatever you want to call him, it's a transgender dude married to Barack. He had like five times as many as as Mrs. Trump. So the office of first partner has grown from seven employees with a budget of seven hundred ninety one thousand dollars to nine employees with a budget of one point one six six million proposed for 2023 and 24. So in the summer of 2022, Governor Gavin Newsom convinced the state legislature to provide four point seven billion Not for teaching English or, and math and social studies, but for mental health services for K-12. through I'm telling you people, you need to get your kids out before they totally screw them over and make boys think they're girls and girls think they're boys and start cutting off penises and giving people hormones. That money, did I tell you, did you hear me say that after watching some of these films from Jennifer Seibel Newsom, kids asked to see a counselor? They knew that. You sh- you show a kid some gnarly stuff. You take a kid to a horror film, they're going to have nightmares. Governor Newsom gave four point seven billion dollars in two thousand twenty-two. Where'd that come from? Just that's extra money on top of all the other money that education gets. Most of the money in the state. He gives them an extra four point seven billion for what? Mental health services. You know what that looks like? It funded 10,000 <clears throat> new school counselors. 
For what? To help them do this gender transition stuff. To help them do the CRT stuff. Tell them that these little five-year-old white kids that they're oppressors and they hate black people. Gavin Newsom convinced the legislature because Jennifer Seibel Newsom, the wife of the governor, convinced him. The biggest advocate for mental health funding within the K-12 public schools in the Newsom administration was Jennifer Seibel Newsom. What's it going to do? It's going to it's going to bring more money into her nonprofit. It's going to sell more films to her nonprofit. It's going to get more donations for her nonprofit. Governor Newsom created the office of first partner so his wife could promote her policy agenda using taxpayer money. In 2019, Seibel Newsom was armed with nearly $5 million and nine staffers within her subdivision of the governor's office. The representation project, that's hers, that licenses gender justice films and curricula to 5,000 schools in all 50 states. The year that Gavin Newsom became the governor, do you think the California Board of Education had any choice here? They adopted guidelines that recommended Jennifer Seibel Newsom's films and curricula be licensed and used in classrooms of the state of California. Isn't this pitiful? This is, con- this is conflict of interest. There isn't any. It can't get any worse than this, folks. Newsom's divisive COVID policies and Jennifer's films Curricula arguably fueled the youth mental health problem. They created the mental health problem. This is what government does. Creates a problem, and then they fund fund the fix. Just expand, expand government. So they, they're fixing the problem by spending $5 billion, $5 billion not $5 million, $5 billion, and 10,000 school counselors. I don't even know where they're going to find 10,000. We're talking about California. Open Books deeply examines the $4.8 million the Office of First Partner Gavin Newsom established for his wife's policy work and how Jennifer Newsom used her position to impact social and political processes, cashing checks all along the way. Now, I'm just telling you, you know, we got a lot of money being spent, and it's a lot of it's like going locally here, going to all kinds of organizations Anytime the Church of Glad Tidings offers to help, they say, oh, no, no, you guys don't qualify. Oh, no, you guys got too many conflicts of interest. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, you're not zoned properly. Oh, no, oh, no, no. All these are habitat for humanity. Anything they want to get, no problem, no problem. So look what happens when all these millions and millions and millions of dollars go around. Look what happens. It happens. I, I could tell you a 100 of these things. So there's a complaint been been filed by one of the top CEOs, nonprofit CEOs for the homeless in San Francisco. A gal named Gwendolyn Westbrook used to have a a little outlet called Mother Brown's Dining Room. And with all COVID millions, they expanded that to be called the United Council of Human Services. Now she gets so much money 
that she's paying off a guy she's been uh, she's accused of purchasing and paid off multiple vehicles in recent years, including a Tesla for herself, a Jeep Renegade for a close family member, friend, two vehicles for cousins, while also gifting an Infinity SUV to a new niece. She's bought a trunk full of high-priced jewelry from one of the board members of her nonprofit. All kinds of her family members are living in some of this housing that was designated for homeless people. And... Uh, Cutting special deals for family members. She's got like $36 million. Millions and millions and millions of dollars. Started out as a little food operation. So what happens when you have all this money? Is Do they look at outcomes? Oh, yeah, we, we put a lot of people in an old hotel down here on 99. We put a lot of people in a hotel on Northville Road. Did we get them changed? Any program? What are we doing to change their life? Or are they just getting drunk in a new room? That's what goes on in these programs. So we have a whistleblower that used to work for forms filed with the IRS show that UCHS has routinely failed to disclose how large sums of money were spent. And the lawsuit notes that a federal tax form from 2019 showed 2.1 million in other expenses. You don't hardly want to put anything in other if you're doing taxes that were not detailed as required by law. In other words, you put other, then you got to put another form in there saying, what were those other expenses? They said that the tax filings have huge red flags and showed incompetence. Around 20 of her fam friends, family, and employees were occupying housing that is designed to go to San Francisco's neediest residents. Do you know that the public works leader of San Francisco uh, was put in prison or jail for uh, conflict of interest, getting paid, paid by contractors to give the contracts to them. Just saying that's it for this week. We'll be back next week. If we don't see you in the air or Lord willing. I see trees of green, red roses too. to myself what a wonderful world I see skies are blue and clouds of white the bright blessed day and the dark sacred night and I think to myself 